this is Glover Teixeira, UFC light heavyweight champion. Hi, I'm Robbie Lawler. What's up, Fight Family? This is your favorite MMA coach, Tiago Alves, the Pitbull. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Pedro Munoz. Mike Brown. Hey, I'm Alexei Alenik. And welcome. And welcome. And welcome. And welcome. And this is We Want One Picks. And you're watching We Want Picks. To We Want Picks. To We Want Picks. To We Want Picks. To We Want Picks. Hi, everybody from American Picks. My name's Angelo, and welcome to We Want Picks. We're going back to London. Jacob and I are going to break down the entire UFC London fight card. We're going to give you our picks. We're going to give you our bets, and we've been on a bit of a hot streak. Two weeks ago, Jacob picked the perfect card. I've made money every single, what, three of the last five cards or something like that. You've been making consistent money. Things are going well, and we're going to continue to keep that success going on this card. We have four fights to break down it's gonna take a while and while we're breaking down the fights we have unveiled premium membership so go to wewantpicks.com at the top of the page there is a become a member button click on that it's a couple bucks a month and that brings you all sorts of premium features first we take all of our content hours and hours of original content and we summarize that down for you quick and easy so if you're in a pinch on a saturday and you don't have two hours to watch a video well here's all our picks here's all our bets here's our fantasy plays and why right there for you nice and quick our raw notes on every single fighter and every single matchup all of our bets and soon we'll be doing future bets as well so you'll get to see those before the video and then all sorts of betting tools we are giving you full ownership for DraftKings. We're giving you rankings by price category in DraftKings, a parlay tool, a betting calculator, all of that premium membership. We want picks.com. Scroll to the top, click become a member. And if you want 50 bucks, go to we want picks.com slash bets. Sign up with any one of our betting partners and make a deposit and I'll send you 50 bucks. You could take that free 50 bucks, cash app, PayPal, Venmo, take that 50 bucks, however you want it and do whatever the hell you want with it. It's just free money we want picks.com slash bets. Let's go ahead and break this card Woo! down, Jacob. The last UFC a, uh, London was the best was card a, of this year so far. For you. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, we're growing, man. The uh, The last UFC London was the best card of the entire year. I don't know if this was, There's a lot of awesome matchups here, but anytime you try to repeat lightning twice, it's a little tricky, but... Should be a really fun. Yeah, I couldn't. Fight. I actually couldn't believe that was in March. I texted you. I thought that was like last summer. It felt like it was so long ago for some reason. I think because there's been so many good cards since then. But yeah, first of all, like the stream, everyone. I swear to God, if you don't fucking like the stream, and I'm ready to get going. I'm excited. Party the body. Okay, let's go ahead and break this card down. First up at UFC London, we have Claudio Silva taking on Nicholas Dalby. Nicholas Dalby is 19-4 and four overall, 2-1-2 two, and two in his last five. But the reality is he's more like 2-3 and three in his last five because a couple of no contests there had some sketchy circumstances. One was a straight-up loss. A couple sketchy things going on there. And he's taking on Claudio Silva, 14-3 and three overall, 3-2 three and two in his last five. He's coming back after a year away, and he's looking to break a two-fight skid. Nicholas Dalby has that karate-style striking he does stay mobile, and he does switch stance pretty often. He's had a good amount of power in his hands, but he can be hittable himself, and he does have a negative 
striking differential. He averages more than one takedown per fight, but he does have a very low 29% takedown accuracy. So the gist of this breakdown is Nicholas Dalby's a solid striker with power, but he gets hit and he can't really wrestle his way out of trouble if he needs to. Claudio Silva is a very good grappler who throws heavy punches and he just charges forward for takedowns. Because he throws heavy, and it, it's really just there to set up his takedowns, but he does have some power, but he's not very technical. And he too has a negative striking differential. While Claudio can be relentless with his grappling, he sometimes gets sloppy looking for it. And when he can't impose that will, right? When he can't get those takedowns, he doesn't have a backup plan. And then he has cardio issues. And this is a tough fight to pick because frankly, both these guys are a little older, haven't really fought in a while. And they have very different styles. Dalby should be the better striker, and he has very real power, but he's hittable. Silva has that relentless grappling pressure, but he gasses out, and he only has a 25% takedown accuracy. So I'm going to go with Dalby here because even though he is hittable, he's a really tough guy. And unlike other opponents who outgrappled him, like Tim Means outgrappled him, Peter Sabata outgrappled him, Claudio's going to gas. And he's going to keep Dalby live that entire fight. He's going to let him keep his power, let him keep his energy, and then fade out. So I am going Nicholas Dalby here, but this is not like the most confident pick I've ever had. Pause, and then Jacob comes in okay. with his I was just wait. I, did, I didn't know if you are just yeah. going to keep going. Usually yeah, you, no, you go okay. in, you know, lean into me. So uh, a little rusty, I guess. Uh, yeah, I'm actually a little bit more confident in Dolby than I think a lot of people. Well, I guess the odds have it as minus 250. So it seems like a lot of people are that's confident crazy. Dolby. Yeah, that's crazy. And uh, I, I think the odds are there for a reason. And, and I think that you, you hit the nail on the head when you said uh, you talked about the cardio of Claudio Silva because there's two different Dolbys that show up. There's a, there's, a, there's a Dolby that is able to kind of take his time with the karate stance and stay at distance, and he, he's perfectly fine fighting that. You saw that in the Daniel Rodriguez fight, right? He was able to take his time, pick him apart, land in some good shots. And then you see the Dolby that, and then Tim Means fight that kind of crumbles under pressure. If you pressure Dolby and he mixes in some grappling in the takedowns like Tim Means was able to do, and obviously Tim Means is like a next-level guy when it comes to pace and pressure, um, that's when he really starts to fold. He really does not like that pressure. He, he wants to keep that distance with the karate style. If you get him to the ground, he's in real big trouble because off his back, I don't want to say he's clueless, but he really doesn't know how to get back to his feet off his back. So this is a pretty cut and dry matchup for me. If Claudio is able to get this fight to the ground, he can win the fight. But I don't think he can get the fight to the ground unless Dolby gets the fight to the ground for him. Which maybe, I've seen some fight IQ mistakes by Dolby in the past. Maybe, you know, he gets tired himself and engaged in the grappling. All of a sudden, Claudio finds himself on the ground. Like, how the hell did I get here? I'll just go ahead and submit you because Claudio is one of those next-level guys on the ground. But this should be a clear-cut victory for Dolby. Keep it on your feet. Do your karate stuff. Point him. He's going to get tired. You might find your knockout in the second, third round because Claudio, as you mentioned, gets a little sloppy when he gets tired. Even exchanges when he's throwing heat. He's got that chin way, way up in the air. And Dolby should be technical enough that if he just withstands the grappling early, he I think he can find a knockout in the second or third round. So I'm a little bit higher than you on Dolby. I don't think he should have any issues with Claudio unless he engages in the grappling and takes his fight to the ground himself. Um, so I'm Dolby all the way on this. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not going to put money on it because I do think, you know, minus 250 for a 37-year-old karate guy, that's a little bit clueless on the ground. No, thank you. But uh, I think for my pick, I'm pretty confident that, that Dolby should be able to get the job done. Yeah, I, I, I uh, speaking of DraftKings, $8,800 for a 37-year-old karate guy. I, not spending that kind of money. We have 14 fights. 
That means there's 28 fighters. They didn't add a few of them yet, but they will be there. So not spending the 8,800 bucks there for sure. Claudio Silva is live. And honestly, frankly, depending what your lineup looks like, there's a very valid argument to be made that he could be in your lineup, especially at $7,400. The gas tank is the issue because I wouldn't mind a inside a distance decision, no action bet on Silva because they're both pretty Plus dangerous guys. Yeah, but the problem is Silva gases and... A lot of these guys gas and that's it. They're done. Like it's not gas and survive. It's gas and Herbert Burns. And then um, mm. <laughs> Monkey Knife Fight Strike Line 60 to 72. It's a tricky line because that's like, that is pretty high. I have a feeling it'll be a less less because I don't think Claudio has the pace to push that. I think he'll gas. He'll slow down. These guys haven't, I mentioned they have not fought in a year. Both of these guys are, you know, been on a break for a little while. That's only going to make Claudio's gas worse. So I think it's a less, less in monkey knife fight. What do you think? Yeah, that the uh, Claudio's on that, that 20% ethanol. You know what I mean? The, the fuel that really doesn't get, really get you anywhere. That, that stuff burns fast. Uh, apparently the government is pumping the... I was going to like some wild conspiracy. Uh, yeah, what about, the hell are you talking about? About gas anyway. prices and stuff. Imagine I just went on like a tangent. Uh, anyway, I don't know what you said, but yeah, I think it's a less less because Dolby's a karate guy. I think he's, he probably just wants to point this and, and slow yes. it down. As you mentioned, Claudio with the uh, the pace, I don't think he's going to have it. So probably less less. And I yeah, don't want no. DraftKings. Agree. So we agree there. If you want to check out Monkey Knife Fight, it's Daily Fantasy. WeWantPicks.com slash MKF. They will instantly match your deposit up to 100 bucks. Give them 20. They give you 20. Give them 100. They give you 100. And if you want 50 free dollars, 50 bucks, we just give it to you. As a thank you, all you need to do is go to wearepicks.com slash bets. Sign up with any one of our five betting partners, and we just send you $50 after you make your first deposit. Wearepicks.com slash bets. Next up, at UFC London, we have Mandy Bohm taking on Victoria Leonardo. Mandy Bohm is 7-1 overall, 4-1 in her last five, and she is looking for her first UFC win. Victoria Leonardo was eight and four overall, two and three in her last five, and she is riding a two-fight loss streak. Mandy Bohm is coming off a loss in her UFC debut, which is a pretty one-sided striking match. She was knocked down twice and almost had her strike count tripled. But despite what happened in that fight, Mandy's actually pretty good everywhere. I wouldn't say she's great anywhere, but her striking is solid and so is her grappling. She has Eight fights in her career, and seven of them were on the regional scene. So it's always hard to gauge somebody's talent level when you really haven't seen them fight outside of the regional scene very often. But Mandy Bohm, pretty good everywhere, pretty well-rounded fighter. Victoria Leonardo is definitely the veteran here. She only has a few more fights, but she has had fights at a higher level of competition, even on the regional scene. She likes to come forward with lots of pressure. She wants to get it to the ground and she'll do it with body locks. She doesn't have just clean wrestling takedowns, but she will work you to the ground. Her BJJ is decent and it makes up for any skill gaps that she has with pressure and persistence. She's coming off two losses in a row to UFC debuts. So on its surface, that doesn't look good. Then you look a little closer, it's like, oh, it was Melissa Gatto's UFC debut. Oh, it was Manon Faroe's UFC debut. So all of a sudden, Victoria Leonardo, yes, she was getting UFC debuts, but they were both killers. And it's another tricky fight to break down, two in a row, because Manny's a talented fighter, but she's inexperienced. And while Victoria only has one win in the UFC, she's definitely fought 
the higher level of competition. In order for Victoria to win, I think she needs to get it to the ground. But can she? Because Mandy defended all four of Ariana Lipsky's takedown attempts. But frankly, I think Lipsky has some pretty terrible takedowns. My head and my gut are split here. My head is saying Mandy is the overall more talented fighter. But my gut is saying Leonardo. What? Oh, I said. (laughs) Yeah, no, no. Yeah, I'm just doing my if you want to talk over me. No, you said you said your your mind your gut. I said your mind your mind has said what? Who your mind said Mandy? I didn't get there yet. You were too busy interrupting. And then your gut said spaghetti, right? <laughs> oh, aren't you clever? Um, okay. Anyway, uh, where the hell are? Oh, so my head <laughs> is saying Mandy. This is gonna take um, because forever. This is gonna be fucking three hours. Because she's the more talented fighter, but my gut is saying Leonardo because of her pressure. A lot of people will see the two fight skid and completely ignore the fact that those were quality losses. I'm gonna go with my head here, though. I'm gonna lean with Mandy Bohm. And this again is not a very confident pick, but she is the overall more talented fighter. Definitely a no bet situation. We have four fights to bet on this is not going to be one of them you got something to say now uh yeah i got a lot of things to say about a lot of things um but i'll just keep it to this How fight for right you. now the uh the chat i think is kind of nailing this i was reading the chat as it, as it goes on listen mandy is a a striker that thinks that she is a lot better than what she actually is she went in that fight against ariani and shout out Ariani, by the way. I, I, I'm always tweeting you, Ariani, and you never respond to my tweets. If you're seeing this, please respond to my tweets. Um, she went in there hands low, like looking like she was like just gonna like just style on Ariana Lipsky, and just got absolutely destroyed in that matchup. Got dropped, and in the third round, after she was getting beat up, first round, second round, getting absolutely beat up. That third round, you would like to see the fighter come out with a little bit of fire. A little bit of, of urgency. I need to finish my UFC debut. And she came out flat. Looked like she just wanted to get the hell out of there. You mentioned Herbert Burns in the last fight. There was Herbert Burns written all over her in the third round of that last fight. She looked like she had no interest in trying to push the pressure. Well, if it comes down to toughness, I'm going to give that to Victoria in this fight. Head over her heels. She broke her arm and uh, or broke her hand two fights ago. The last fight, she broke her arm and wanted to fight through it. The doctor came out and said, hey, your arm is broken. And she said, I'm fine. I'm fine. Let me fight. Let me fight. It's been tough going and tough luck for Victoria. I think I picked her in every single fight. I think she, she was my lock of the week in her, in her first UFC Your very debut. first ever, yeah. Right. I, I really, really like her on the ground. And, it, and I think that this fight is going to come down to toughness. Both these girls are not super skilled anywhere. Victoria is much more skilled on the ground. And if this comes down to toughness, I'm going to pick Victoria 100 out of 100 times. And I think that this fight probably gets a little bit sloppy and it comes down to toughness. And I'm, I got to go with Victoria 100%. So I'm not super confident in it. I do agree that Mandy probably is the more technical and definitely in the striking has the advantage. But Victoria is tough enough. She's seen her take shots before and she's going to keep coming even if she snaps her arm again. So I'm going to pick Victoria just based on toughness. If this fight's if this if this fight finds its way to the ground, uh, you can see Victoria with a finish as well. She's going to be motivated after breaking her arm twice. I feel bad for her, man. So my pick is Victoria uh, in this fight. Yeah, we'll see what um, we'll see what happens. I'm not going to argue with you. I mean, this is not a fight that <laughs> that people should be betting on. There's no money to be made here. Just leave it alone. Let it go. DraftKings 8400 to 7800. In DraftKings, I'm not a dog or pass. Like, I, I hate those things. Like, 
that's just not who I am, right? And I don't even like the logic of dog or pass. I get it, but I'm not just going to bet on somebody because they're an underdog. Like, it's, I think they're going to win. I'm not going to take, like, could go either way. Let me do the dog. But in DraftKings, that logic may work with Victoria because if she gets those takedowns, she'll score real points. So $7,800 in DraftKings, she actually might be worth that money. Betting real human dollars, stupid as hell. No, I, I agree. I think that, yeah, I think the the value definitely is in the seventy eight hundred dollars um, because Mandy has shown. You know, I, I keep harping on the toughness and stuff, but she's if 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 things start getting tough, she's not going to start pushing pressure. She's just, she's just going to fold. So um, Victoria has shown time and time again how tough she is, and she's going to be around, man. So I think the value definitely is in Victoria. Yeah, and you get a better deal with her on DraftKings than like the betting odds are. She's almost even, right? Plus one ten is almost even. But DraftKings gave her a decent discount there at seventy eight hundred bucks, so she might be worth a lineup play. Monkey knife fight strike line. I do think it's a long, sloppy ish fight. Mandy Bohm had her strikes strikes almost tripled in her last fight, but she still landed a good amount, and she is busy. So this might be a more and more. I think it's a little bit sloppy. And keep in mind, this is every single strike, not significant strikes. So as Victoria's looking for those takedowns, all of these little pepper King Kong type side of the head shots, those all count. Those all add up. I think it's more and more monkey knife fight. What do you think? I think it's less, less, man. I think this gets, I think they're in a clinch early. And if it goes to the ground, Victoria's going to submit her pretty quickly in my mind. I could be wrong, but that's how I see it playing out. So I'm going less, less. We're split there. What's always funny is some people complain. Some dude complained today because in my quick picks video, I was like, I made money last week. Jacob made money last week. And he's like, how do you make money? You guys disagree. I don't, I don't know what to do. It's like, well, first, don't, don't follow blindly. That's step one. Step two, uh, absorb the information and make an informed decision. That's what we're here for. We're not here just to tell you what to Number do. Number one rule for this channel is don't be a dipshit, guys. <laughs> very easy don't yeah. be a dipshit okay jacob you are literally a dipshit every single tuesday whoa i didn't even attack you all of a sudden i give that that's crazy. all day you've been sending me annoying text messages that nobody else gets to see anyway you guys want oh, I, 50 I bucks them about that they, they're tuning in for the main event guys this will be fun you guys want 50 bucks go to wewantpicks.com slash bets sign up make a deposit we send you 50 bucks Cash App, PayPal, Venmo, literally that simple. We just send you 50 bucks. And don't become, don't forget to become a premium member. Go to weonpicks.com at the top, click become a member, and you get all sorts of access to DFS tools, betting tools, and all sorts of other exclusive content at weonpicks.com. And don't worry, guys. Nothing is going behind a paywall, meaning all of the free content that we give you today will remain free. We're not going to take our bets. Take it. We're not going to hide anything behind the paywall. What we're doing behind the paywall is adding new things. So I've always said I'm not going to charge you for what we already do, and we're not going to do that. Like like OnlyFans. You can go to my Instagram and see some good <laughs> stuff, but if you want to see the great stuff, I mean the stuff that will make you really, yeah, really get that heart rate up. OnlyFans.com slash the freckled salamander. Next, next up. up at, next up. At UFC London, we have Jai Herbert taking on Kyle Nelson. Jai Herbert, 11-4 and four overall, 2-3 and three in his last five, coming off a loss at the last UFC London. Kyle Nelson is 13-4 and four overall, 2-3 and three in his last five, and he's coming off back, sorry, he's coming back 
after two years away. And that's a theme on this card. We have a lot of fighters one, two years on the sidelines. Jai Herbert is a technical striker who likes to keep the fight at range. He's got a ton of movement and his feet are never planted for more than a half a second. He's always cutting angles, fainting, and just moving from side to side. And I would say that makes him an elusive target. And, and when you're watching, you think he might be. But he does have a negative striking differential, meaning he is hit more than he hits his opponents. And he is coming off that loss to Ilya Tapora, but he almost doubled Ilya's strikes. And he looked really good in that fight up until he fell asleep. Kyle Nelson is a solid striker with very real power in his hands. He's been in the UFC since 2018, but he only has one win. And he's two years removed from his last fight. That one win, though, was impressive. He took a fake shot, backed his opponent up to the against, up against the cage, and then just unloaded with punches for the knockout win. And we have not seen much of it in the UFC, but he does have solid takedown defense. He does a really good job reversing his opponent's shot. So if you take a shot, he'll do a nice whizzer in there, throw his hips in really well, and end up on top, or even just a good old-fashioned sprawl, stuff the head, spin behind. So he works really well off of your shots. Jai Herbert's sitting here at almost a 3-1 to one favorite, and I get how that happened, right? People see Kyle's 1-3 in the UFC. He's coming off on knockout loss two years away from the cage. But let's not forget, Jai Herbert is also coming off of a knockout loss. And that was against, yes, Ilya Tapura, who I, is very, I am very high on, but Ilya's a 145-pounder, and Ilya took that on short notice. So he went up in weight on short notice and put Jai to sleep. I think both of these guys have very real power. Both of them are honestly live for a knockout. I mean, we just watched Jai get knocked out. It's not like he has this iron chin and it can't happen. Nelson is one of a handful of fighters on this card coming back after a year or more away. It's always tough breaking those down because you just don't know what that person is going to look like. If Kyle Nelson has spent the last two years tightening up his striking defense and his wrestling offense, he's a killer in this fight. But if he's the same fighter now that we saw two years ago, then Jai's just going to go ahead and pick him apart. I'm going to go with Jai here because even in that loss to Ilya, he looked sharp before he was knocked out. But this is another, I don't know if I'm going to bet fight, right? I am confident in Jai, but we just watched him get knocked out cold by a 145-pounder. That's not nothing. That's not nothing. What do you think, Jacob? Yeah, a little hand sanitizer, boy. A little hand sanitizer, boy. I'll be right back. Listen. Uh, listen, that, that fight was actually pretty wild because Jai was literally, he, he tried to walk off, celebrate that KO versus Ilya, a little hand sanitizer boy. And he really ruined his moment because he was supposed to be the savior of all of England. Obviously, Ilya had that moment with Potty, the body. Um, and, and Jai knocked him out. Jai hit him with a clean head kick, knocked him out. Started to celebrate. Ilya's completely out of it. And that split second where he threw his hands up to celebrate and then went in for that shot. Ilya all of a sudden, you can see him all of a sudden just go whoop and duck that second shot. Obviously, he came back and flatlined Jai. I mean, that was <laughs> one of those. I have it in my notes. That's one of those, like, not to like make as a joke. One, that could be a career-changing knockout, the way that he was flatlined. That, that, one of those knockouts that you never ever recover from sometimes angel talks about it when you, sometimes you just lose your chin from a knockouts and that's one of those knockouts especially a guy that's been knocked out before where you just can maybe never come back from that where you get uh basically chris weidman right where you just touch your chin and then you just keep falling down and i agree that jai is the play in this matchup he should have the striking advantage but kyle nelson throws heat man that guy doesn't give a fuck and will throw heat especially early 
He does get tired because he throws big bombs, but if you're giant in this matchup, man, you got to avoid getting into brawls in the first round. You got to just, you're going to have a length advantage. You're the more technical striker. Throw your jabs out there. Throw some front kicks out there. Keep your distance in the first round. Let him tire himself out. And then I think the opportunities for your knockout are going to come in the second and the third round with your technical striking, your length, your straight shots. I love that he uses length and throws straight shots. Not a lot of looping shots. Um, this should be a Jai play all the way, but that knockout scares the living hell out of me. The way that Kyle Nelson throws heat, I agree. I think you mentioned you're not going to put anything on Jai, um, not anything on this fight, because it is a big, big question mark, man. Uh, Jai should dominate this fight in the striking, but, you know, if his chin doesn't hold up and Kyle clips him a little bit, it's going to be lights out for him. So, I would stay away from this. I think the odds are a little bit wide. It should be probably maybe a minus 150. If you want to play Jai, that's fine. If you guys are doing like your whole London card parlay, uh, which everyone said they hit last time, even though Jai and uh, what's his name? Oh, uh, there's so many liars, here. dude. It, it's so funny doing this. Every Sunday, not to attack the people, but every Sunday, how many comments do we get? Oh, I went 11 and 1, just missed one. Oh, I went, oh, I, I made $48,000. You're not watching our videos, getting our picks. You're making $48,000 a weekend. It's ridiculous. What are you lying for? We're all in this together. Yeah, there's so many people that are like, I, yeah, I played the London parlay last time and I won everything. It's like, well, two people that were from London lost. So that, <laughs> yeah, that makes impossible. sense to me. Or UK people or whatever. So that makes sense to me. But long story short, my pick is Jai. I worry about his chin. But he honestly should dominate this matchup. Um, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Kyle's live, the especially in the first round, guys. Yeah, I completely agree. Dude, Jai should not be in, in parlays and things like that. But this should this could definitely be a fight does not go the distance, right? Because both of these guys can get put out. Both of them. It's minus and, 270. I actually was going to play that, and I was like, minus yeah. 270. I was like, eh. That's not maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, minus 270 is – actually, that's one of the – we have the betting calculator on the premium service, which will convert that to probability. So you can say, oh – Minus 270 means 76%. I'm making that up. 76% of the time, and this fight does not go to the scorecards. Maybe, maybe not. I, I, uh, you guys know I'm, I'm very conservative with the betting. I don't like betting for finishes. I don't like, I don't know. Um, oh, anyway. Those, those, are, those are usually my live bets. I want finishes, last week, I hate Last week live, them. watching the main car, live stream fight companion. Six unit does not go the distance. Uh, we felt good about it. We hit it. Jai Herbert, $9,000. Man, it's so tricky because I don't think so. I do think he wins, but I don't know. You know, I just don't know. I yeah, I haven't, I haven't built my lineup yet because I haven't. Is so much money to spend. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't have to, I, I haven't built my lineup, so my DraftKings is going to be on the fly as far as advice. Uh, maybe 9000 because Kyle, it's tough. It's, it's expensive for his chin. That's an expensive it, chin price. It, it is. I wish we had seen. I wish we had seen Jai since that knockout, just to see, right? Because this is his first fight back. A lot going on. So anyway, nine thousand dollars. We can't fade everybody. We, we got to start spending some of this DraftKings budget. Little hand sanitizer, boy. Jai's an incredible striker. He probably should win, and probably should win by stoppage, but. After that last fight, I'm not a hundred percent positive what his chin is going to look like. Monkey knife fight strike line. Man, that's another tricky line. 37 is very low. 37 is very low. So I do think it, it might be a more-more. Jai might be a little nervous about that chin, so taking his time to engage, sticking, staying on the outside, 
And then Kyle, two years away, he's probably honestly going to be looking to just let his hands go and try to make something happen, and that is how he fights. So this is probably a more, more on Monkey Knife fight. I see the nodding. 100% agree. I, I, the way you said you ordered that for Jai about being tentative after the KO, I definitely see that. Yeah, and if you want to check out Monkey Knife Fight, it's a stupid name. You guys have probably heard me say it before, but it's daily fantasy. It's literally all you need to do is log in, look at the numbers on the screen, and say, I think this fighter lands more than that, or I think this fighter lands less than that. And if you're correct, you can triple whatever your buy-in was. You can 25 times your buy-in if you parlay a bunch of them together. WeWantPicks.com slash MKF. They will instantly match your deposit, essentially making it risk-free. Give them 20, they'll give you 20, use the 20. You lose, who cares? It was their money anyway. And if you want 50 bucks just to put in your pocket, wewantpicks.com slash bets. Sign up, make a deposit with any one of our betting partners, and we will send you 50 bucks as a thank you. That's wewantpicks.com slash bets. Next up at UFC London, we have everybody's favorite hype boy, Muhammad Makayev, and he's taken on Charles Johnson. Muhammad Makayev is only 6-0 in his entire career, and he's 4-0-1 in his last five, and he's coming off a successful Oh, my UFC God, he went too debut. far. Back it up a slide. Back it up a slide. Oh, shut up. Who cares? I did go too far. Oh, I didn't add the second one. Oh. We're going to leave it there. Um, yeah, well, that's what happens. Uh, yeah, so we're coming. I know. This Charles going to shit. Charles Johnson is eleven and two overall. He's four and one in his last five, making his UFC debut after a successful LFA title reign. Muhammad Makayev, he's a Dagestani wrestler. He grew up in England, though, so he is English, but he's got the Dagestani wrestling heritage. Makayev is an incredible wrestler, and even though he's only listed as six and zero oh as a professional. He has had an incredibly long and successful amateur career. He's a very dominant wrestler who's got great grappling and his striking is improving. He's coming off that early submission win over Cody Durden, which that, that win's aging pretty well after Cody's last performance. And Charles Johnson, th this guy's very interesting. He's a character. He's so much fun to watch and he's got a huge personality. If you have a spare... It's like 20 minutes at this point. If you have a spare 20 minutes, go watch some of his LFA fights on YouTube and listen to how they introduce him. It's like the longest introduction ever. It's funny. It's, it's, just, it's just a good watch. He's the former LFA champion. He's a very well-rounded fighter. His style is mostly striking, but he is capable everywhere. He marches forward with busy boxing and solid kicks. He has some solid power, and he just never stops coming forward. His cardio, his pressure, his confidence... That's going to be an issue for a lot of people in the UFC. And this is an interesting fight because all the hype says that Muhammad Makayev is the next Islam. He's the next Khabib. He's the next big thing. But he's only 22 years old. He is getting a UFC newcomer. And on the surface, and I can even see in the live chat right now, it's uh, the UFC is giving him, they're giving him cans. He's just going to blow through people. They're going to build him up. They're going to turn him into a stud. But Charles Johnson is dangerous. And I think this fight could be a lot of fun. Charles Johnson, he's definitely going to get taken down in this fight. That's how good Mikhaev's, uh wrestling is. But his submission defense is pretty solid. His get-up game is fantastic. And more important than all of that, he doesn't care. He's not afraid to get taken down. You see people fight some of these really good wrestlers, and they're afraid to throw kicks. They're afraid to throw punches. They don't do what they normally do because they're worried about getting taken down. Charles Johnson doesn't care. 
He's just going to do what he does. And he's accepted, I'm probably going to get taken down. And then I'll just get right back up. And that's the way you handle these good wrestlers. You're not going to learn the takedown defense needed to defend some of these takedowns. So Charles Johnson is you know, doing all the tape research and stuff like that. He's very real. He's very good. He's going to stand there. He's going to throw hard. He's going to work for a finish. I don't think he gets the finish. I do think Mikhaev wins because I think that wrestling is just going to be a little too much. But I really like this fight. I want to see both of these guys do well in the UFC. And Charles Johnson, I mean, he may be a solid upset here. The odds are nuts on this fight, too. What do you think? I uh, actually 100% agree with you. I'm surprised that you went this way. I know you're kind of a Makhev, uh a hater a little bit. Um, I can't believe this dude is How? only 20. I picked him to win Excuse last me, time. I can't believe this dude. I can't believe that there's only 21 because you watch the way that he acts uh, in the octagon. The guy is loose. He acts like he is a like a, a multiple time world champion defending world champion like nobody can touch him and that's and that's not even in a in a, uh, a bad way cuz some people can act like that like we saw with uh, Gore a few weeks ago he talks about being the double champ like I'm the best like blah 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 uh, but this guy backs it up and he is it, the way he fights it, it favors him with his confidence in the octagon but I agree 100% these odds are crazy he should be the favorite I have it in my mind when I was watching film maybe like Who a minus should be the 200 favorite? Oh, Muhammad okay. should be the favorite. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it should be maybe like a minus two hundred. Obviously, he has a clear advantage in the wrestling, in the grappling. But as you mentioned, Charles Johnson is well versed. The guy, he's a Tiger Muay Thai striker. He's very well versed, and obviously in the striking, he's having, the, he's having a clear striking advantage. And as you mentioned, he gets taken down, and he has a lot of like balance issues, especially in his last fight. He throws a lot of kicks. A lot of his kicks get caught. And he will scramble to the ground. But because he does that so often, he's well-versed. He gets back to his feet, as you mentioned. If you get a hold of him, he's pretty good at, at, at withstanding the submissions as well. I think the kicks are ultimately going to be the downfall because they are easily caught, as you've seen in his last fights uh, before. And he throws a lot of them. I think that's the opportunity. But a lot of times, when you're trying to catch kicks, you know, if it's body kick, body kick, you're trying to catch that body kick, all of a sudden it comes up high you know, you're going to be in real trouble. So I think this is a real, real test for Muhammad. I have it in my notes that if he is able to make this look as easy as his last fights, I will be very, very, very impressed. I think he's already the real deal, but if he just runs through Charles Johnson, that is like, to me, like, wow. Because I don't think this is a 400 favorite. I see this as more as a, a minus 200. Um, obviously, he is going to be my pick. He has such a clear advantage on the ground, but I think this could be a real test for him. And uh, if he comes out, makes it look easy, that's pretty impressive. So I'm I'm going Muhammad. Yeah, so we're both on Muhammad, and we're both giving proper respect to Charles Johnson is the takeaway here. Right. The guy's good. The guy's dangerous. And I love that he doesn't care. He's going to bring the fight. And it's, it's uh, I guess I applaud the UFC for doing this matchup because they could have given Muhammad a bum, just anybody to get a win over, a 50-year-old, like just anything. Instead, they're like, here's a guy who's only – 30, 31, so in what could be the prime of his career. He's very talented, a world champion in a good size organization. Let's see how good you actually are. So I, I respect it. Good for them for doing that. Uh, DraftKings pricing-wise, Muhammad Makayev is the most expensive fighter in DraftKings. He, he's probably worth it because I think he wins, and even if he doesn't get a stoppage, he will get takedowns, he will get control time, and he'll end up being worth you know 100-something points. You're nodding there. The monkey knife fight strike line, don't touch it. I, we just don't know what's going to happen here. Don't touch that. But if you want to touch some free money, just go to wewantpicks.com slash bets 
sign up with any one of our five betting partners. We send you 50 bucks as a thank you. And anybody who doesn't know, we have premium membership. Go to wewantpicks.com, scroll to the top, click become a member, and we have all sorts of betting tools, bets, fantasy tools, fantasy ownership. We rank every fighter by price point, all sorts of valuable information there. This graphic's correct. I don't know how I forgot one. Oh, well. Yeah, you're you're a busy man, man. I mean, you you do it all. On. You're probably, you you're probably so too busy driving around that new truck around town. <laughs> Must be nice. Anyway, why are you obsessed with the truck? Two streams in a row you brought it up. I don't get it. Well, I don't know. You're the one like making YouTube videos about it. You're uh, putting it on the gram. I mean, it's been all over. I did not I can't get put away it on from the, the truck. I, I tried not. I tried to get away from the truck, and you're like just shoving it in my face. That's it's such crazy. nonsense. The only thing I ever you sent me your daily selfie because Angelo sends me a shirtless selfie every morning. I don't know why. And this morning, it's like progress. in front of the truck. He's laying in the truck bed. It's like, what are you doing, man? He's got his coffee. <laughs> There's like little coffee drips down his chest. He's like trying to lick them off. This is getting ridiculous. We're literally. I'm watching the live viewer count drop. I'm watching it drop. Okay, get it together. Remember, you open this up. Don't be a dipshit. Remember that. Speaking Next up, of, huh. at UFC London, we have a Makwan Amerikani taking on Jonathan Pierce. Makwan Amerikani is 17-7 and seven overall, 2-3 and three in his last five. He's coming off an early submission win to break a three-fight skid. Jonathan Pierce is 12-4 and four overall, 4-1 four and one in his last five, riding a three-fight win streak. And Makwan Amerikani is a stud wrestler. He averages more than four takedowns per fight. And even in his last three losses, which were to Lerone Murphy, Kamuela Kirk, and Edson Barboza, he had a combined 13 takedowns. In, that's in losses. He's typically a durable guy with decent striking and okay cardio. He's definitely closer to a first-round fighter than a three-round fighter, but he can push a pace. He's not just going to completely die on you. He did break a recent losing skid with a fantastic anaconda choke in less than one minute against fellow grappler Mike Grundy. What are you laughing at? They're just all, it's just all about the truck. Tell us about the truck. Tell us yeah, about I that see. truck. It's so stupid. I mean, dude, it's so fucking funny. Dude, <laughs> so funny. The way they just like, somebody started saying it, they're all just piling on about the truck. And the, I bet it's a Denali. Seems like a Denali guy. Okay. It's so funny. Anyway, Jonathan Pierce is also a very solid wrestler. He sets a real nice pace, both on his feet and on the ground. He's got decent takedowns and good BJJ. He averages almost seven takedowns per fight. With five takedowns against Kai Kamaka, six against Omar Morales, and six against Christian Rodriguez. As soon as he gets his takedowns, he's just looking to strike and is typically looking for a TKO instead of a submission. In 16 fights, he's only been to a decision twice. He leaves it all out there, and it's obvious when you see that pace. He's very fun to watch, and he has a take-one-to-give-one type striking style. This should be a very fun grappler versus grappler matchup. Both of these guys have insane takedown pressure and are happy to bang on the feet. And I talk about this all the time. It is easier to finish a takedown than it is to defend one. So most of these matchups will come down to who shoots first. And I think that's going to be Jonathan Pierce. So he's going to be the pick. But let's not forget, Amir Khani just submitted Mike Grundy, who's arguably a better wrestler than both of these guys. And all four of Pierce's losses are grappling-based. Lozon TKO'd him on the ground. Two other people submitted him. So this might be a perfect live bet situation. If Makwan's shooting often, shooting early, he may be the way to go here. 
and I would grab him in a live bet. But right now, Jonathan Pierce is the pick because I expect him to go out there and start grappling. What do you think, Jakey boy? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Jonathan Pierce guy. He was adopted into the Arkansas wrestling family. He's from Tennessee, but he's just a good old boy that just wrestles and wrestles and wrestles. Uh, unfortunately, he does get tired as well, but he's not one of those guys that gets tired and quits. He, he gets tired and will just keep going, trying to win scrambles. If you're Jonathan Pierce in this matchup, it seems pretty clear to me, survive the first round. I would not shoot a takedown. In the first round, if I was Jonathan Pierce, let Maquan do what he's going to do. Defend his takedowns. If, you, if you're just defending takedowns without trying to shoot your own, I think you can survive the first rounds. Let him tire himself out because Maquan is another guy that gets very, very tired after the first round. He does not have, he has one finish outside of the first round. So he's all these finishes, all these submission wins. One of them has been outside of the first round. I think that was like an early second round finish. So if you're Jonathan Pierce, you got to be very, very, very careful with your takedowns because Jonathan Pierce is not one of those super technical wrestlers. He's kind of one of those just kind of grind, wild wrestlers that will throw shots from outside. He'll he'll, he'll lose scrambles, but he's not a super not. What the hell was I about? To, I was about to stumble over my words like crazy. He's not a super technical wrestler, and he can find himself in some big, big trouble like Mike Grunny did. Mike Grunny is a much more technical wrestler than Jonathan Pierce, and he found himself in trouble on the very first shot that he took. So if I'm Jonathan Pierce, and I know this is not what he's going to do because Jonathan Pierce is a wrestler. He's going to shoot his takedowns on the first, but I would not shoot a takedown the first, withstand that jujitsu pressure, defend the takedown, survive the first, and then really grind Mach 1 because I think you'll be able to win scrambles after that because he's going to be tired. But uh, with that said, I think Jonathan Pierce is going to shoot early. I think he's going to lose some scrambles early. And Mach 1 is the much, much more dangerous grappler in this matchup. Uh, Jonathan Pierce is the more durable guy. If this gets out of the first round, I think it's a very clear Jonathan Pierce victory. Probably a slow grind victory. But in the first round, man, Jonathan Pierce is going to be shooting shots. I've seen his neck get caught before, even if he gets out of it. Uh, Mike one's one of those guys that's tough to get out of those guillotines. So, uh, I'm going to Mach one just because he's the more dangerous fighter, but I would be careful. I know a lot of people are like, Oh, Mach one, Mach one, Mach one, Mach Jonathan Pierce is no joke, man. He's durable and he's a relentless wrestler and he can easily just wear Mach one down. So my pick is Mach one, but I don't feel great about it. Yeah. That, I mean, that's why I said live bet is probably the way to go. I wouldn't bet money line here. I did. I um, yeah. actually I forgot now that you mentioned that. I did inside the distance decision no action for Mach 1. I got it for plus 170. Yeah, but he gets stopped. I don't think he's going to get stopped for Jonathan Pierce. Jonathan Pierce also gets tired. He's more of a grinding wrestler. He, I mean, he does get you know jiu-jitsu finishes, but Mach 1, I think, is going to be able to withstand you know anything that Jonathan's going to threaten in the jiu-jitsu in the second or third rounds, and I think he's a more dangerous guy. So I love that bet. Well, what I love is this $2 super chat from MMA Fan. MMA Fan says, Amir Khani has a better topology pick. Easy sub. He actually, in this picture, this is his official UFC picture, he looks like a barista. Like, he looks like a straight douchebag. Does he not? He's a good-looking dude in general. Yeah, this picture just makes him look like the worst. But his topology picture, and in real life, he's a normal guy. This just Every picture makes me look like the worst. I don't get it. Because I, I look at myself, like I'm looking at myself right now, and I'm, like, and I'm like, oh my God, this guy. Every time I look, I'm like, who's that guy? Oh, that's me. But then I take a picture, and I'm like, what the hell is this going on? It's got to yeah. be something with Apple. I don't know. Like when you hear your own voice. Um, I, love my voice. 
Nobody I, loves to hear themselves talk more than me. I <laughs> yeah, I think, I think we've noticed. So thank you for the super chat, MMA fan. Um, we're split on the pick here, but I, I don't necessarily disagree. You're right, Jonathan Pierce also gets tired. I'm not betting this fight. This is If I bet, it'll be because I'm watching. I have my computer. I hate live betting from my phone. I feel like it's never fast enough. I'll be watching from my computer. And um, I may live bet this fight. I think literally whoever That's gets what the first no, another one somebody said. Like, I almost live bet Jai for a finish after he dropped Ilya. It's like, how is that even What do you mean? They you, lock it. As, as Ilya is knocked unconscious, you think you're going to be able to place a bet for a finish? Like, what the hell? Listen, we got Don't a lot be of a dipshit, guys. Stop being fucking dipshits. Lots of, dude, we're going to get demonetized thank you, with D. your mouth. We appreciate you becoming. Uh, I think he resubscribed, D. We appreciate it. Appreciate that. it. Um, DraftKings, 7,500, I didn't like the tone on that. Appreciate I'm it. Tr- How about I'm trying, to, <laughs> I'm trying to move this along. Sorry, D. Hey, sorry, D. 7,500 to 8,700 in DraftKings. I think it's a pick your side kind of kind of 8700s a lot for Jonathan Pierce but if he's getting those takedowns his average is 7 per fight that's you know that's a good amount of points just there let alone the strikes at control time with it but Maquan as well if he gets his wrestling going so all of you guys that love Maquan I see a bunch of it in the comments get him man $7500 that's a great price point you need underdogs to round out a lineup and and I think he's a solid one Monkey Knife I strike line it's interesting to see Maquan at only 32. So I, I got to go more there. I get it. These are math equations. I got to go more with him. And Jonathan Pierce, 62, that's a high number. I think it's more or less because I do think there's a lot of grappling here. And while Jonathan is busy looking for strikes when he's on top, that's just, you know, that is how he he's not looking for positions. He's looking to strike. I do think it's uh, a more or less monkey knife fight strike. What do you think? Yeah, I might jinx myself here, but a lot of times when you get two grapplers, there's no grappling, they'll strike. These guys will wrestle, they will grapple. Yes. I agree, it's probably it's probably a more or less situation. Yeah, because the 62 is just a touch high, and he will be defending some takedowns for Maquan, or at least trying to control the position as Maquan's scrambling. So I like more or less, if you guys like that as well, go to weonpicks.com slash MKF. They will instantly match your deposit, instantly. Up to 100 bucks, give them 50, they'll give you 50, 100 They'll give you 100 Take the free money. Play with the free money. You can't lose. And if you want free money, go to wewantpicks.com slash bets. Sign up. Make a deposit. We will send you $50 as a thank you. Wewantpicks.com slash bets. I don't know why I was saying f- f- free, but whatever. Eh, it's probably the withdrawals. Next up at UFC London, we have Nathaniel Wood taking on Charles Rosa. Nathaniel Wood is 17 and 5 overall, 3 and 2 in his last five, and he's looking to fight after a year away and a bunch of canceled matchups. Charles Rosa is 14 and 7 overall, 2 and 3 in his last five, riding a two-fight skid. Nathaniel Wood's a good striker with solid power and great dirty boxing. He can grapple as well. If you check out his UFC debut, he sunk in a beautiful Darce after losing most of those striking exchanges. He has slick upper body takedowns and great control on the ground. And I just love his volume of more than six significant strikes per minute combined with his 75% takedown defense. He lets his hands fly with confidence that he will not be taken down. Charles Rosa is a very good grappler with just okay takedowns and decent boxing. His BJJ is great, but in some cases he can be BJJ or bust. In most fights, his grappling can get it done, but he needs to be the bully. He needs to be the one on top, meaning 
If you take him down, you can control him and work out a win. His last four losses were all to other grapplers who initiated the takedowns. TJ Brown took him down six times. Damon Jackson took him down six times. Derek Minner, four, and Bryce Mitchell, three. So the biggest problem for Charles is while he needs to grapple to win, he doesn't win off of his back. So he needs to initiate the takedowns, be on top, and then he can win the grappling. And he has a 37% takedown accuracy. So that's not an easy thing for him to do. I like Nathaniel Wood in this fight. His striking should be light years ahead of Charles. His takedown defense should hold up. And if he wants to get his own takedowns, he should be able to do so without worrying about a submission while he's on top. So my only concern here is that Casey Kenny lost. Casey hung with Wood on his feet, and then he used well-timed takedowns to sort of clinch those rounds. That is certainly something that Rosa can do and will be looking to do, but I still think Wood gets it done. And I do think... He's a parlay piece. Minus 520. Not going to money line him, but I think he's a parlay piece. What do you think, Jicky? Boy. There's a, there's a couple things that worry me about this fight. Uh, obviously, Nathaniel Wood moving up to 145. This is featherweight debut against a big 145er. Charles Rosa is a guy that's fought at 155 before. He's a big long lanky guy he is going to have a big size advantage in this matchup maybe not strength advantage but just as far as length and obviously in the striking you nailed it nathaniel woods clear 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 advantage in the striking but if you're nathaniel wood and all of a sudden you start mixing in some takedowns and stuff i would stay far far away from any clinches or takedowns or anything i understand that rose has been beat there before but that is rose's only path to victory his only path to victory is to do something weird on the ground. And you're a smaller guy that can, I'm just saying, if, if he tries to take Charles Rosa down and puts, it gives Rosa a chance to to, to win this fight, it, it would be the most clueless. When I say don't be a dipshit, Nathaniel Wood, don't be a dipshit and just take this guy. You have a clear advantage on the feet. The thing that worries me is Charles Rosa, although that he is has that disadvantage on the feet, he is tough as shit, man. You're, Nathaniel Wood is probably not going to be able to put Charles Rosa away on the feet. And in front of the home fans, if he starts headhunting and wears himself out, the crowd's getting crazy. Obviously, Charles Rosa is going to get hit. He's going to look like he's hurt. And all of a sudden, you start headhunting. And you get tired. And all of a sudden, you're in a clinch situation. And Rosa gets one of those weird takedowns. And he's on top of you. You're in big, big trouble. He's going to be much bigger, much longer, and you're going to be on your back struggling to breathe. So if I'm Nathaniel Wood, I take my time, realize you're probably not going to put this guy away, win your striking battle. It should be an easy victory, but if you try to clinch this guy and start taking him down, I think it's going to be a big, big mistake. Not saying that Charles Rosa is easily going to submit him or anything like crazy. He probably can control him on the ground, but... That's his only path to victory, being Charles Rosa is on the ground. Don't even give him that opportunity. Keep it on the feet. Do your little striking thing. Win in front of the home fans and get the hell out of there. Because Charles Rosa is tough and, and he wins those fights he shouldn't win all the time. So the pick is Nathaniel Wood, obviously, but Rosa's tough, man. Yeah, and uh, I'm surprised how many people in the comment section are like, Charles Rosa is going to win. Charles, I'm surprised how many people like Charles Rosa to win. The, the reality is, like you said, he can win if he can get his grappling going, but he has a 37% takedown accuracy. His striking is definitely nowhere near as good as Nathaniel Wood. So I'm, I'm very confident Nathaniel Wood wins. With that being said, minus 520, those are stupid odds. For him yes, to be minus 520, great. he needs to be better literally everywhere, and he's not better everywhere. He's better in one place, and he has very good takedown defense. So he's not better everywhere. 
Minus 520 implies, oh, you could be Charles wherever it goes. He can't. Um, the size difference, I hear you, but um, the reason I didn't really mention that is because I don't think it matters. I think that'll just help him be that much faster, that much more mobile on his feet. I, and, yeah, I, no, the feet, I don't think it matters. I just think, like, if they start getting into grappling exchanges, he's going to notice the length of Charles Rosa. Sure. Yeah, so uh, we both like Nathaniel Wood to win. $9,400 is tricky because I think it's a striking win, and I don't think there's a finish. So that could be an 80-point win, a 75-point win. That's not 100-and-something points, which is what you're looking for when you're spending $9,400. You agree yeah, with and, that? I, yeah, Angelo's truck in, in, in the chat says line is a little bit too wide. I agree. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude, how fast? Wait, do you guys make new accounts from scratch, or do you just like quickly change your name? Where's the uh, what was the uh, that's crazy? <laughs> Jacob's pube hair or something? What was the was something. I saw him come in. The, he was in the comments the other day. I saw it pop back up. So it must be picture. a made account then, and not just a name change. Anyway, if you make a fake account to troll, at least you know like and subscribe to all the things. Um, Monkey knife, I strike line ninety three to fifty eight. That's probably the most accurate line that Chris has ever put out. Because that's exactly right. Nathaniel Wood's going to dance around him, light him up. Charles Rosa will land because it's a fist fight. Uh, 58's a lot, though, so it's probably, uh, it might even be a less-less, frankly, uh, if there's a little bit of grappling in there. But I see Nathaniel Wood touching and going for 15 minutes. What do you think? I think it's a more and more. Rosa's tough. Wood throws a lot of volume. He's a former 135er. Those guys throw a lot of, a lot of punches, man. A lot of punches. Yeah, I'm, I'm personally not going to touch the Monkey Knife Fight Strike Line if you want to. WeWantPicks.com slash MKF. But don't forget to go to WeWantPicks.com. Scroll to the top. There is a premium member option. Click that. Join. And what premium membership does is it gives you all of our content quick, easy, efficient. And we've added things on top. We have safety parlays. We do daily fantasy rankings. We do the daily fantasy ownership and all sorts of additional content on top of what you get for free here on YouTube. That's weonpicks.com. Scroll to the top, click become a member. It's a couple bucks a month and it's content every single week. Next up at UFC London, we have Mark DeCasey taking on Demir Hadzevic. Mark DeCasey's 15 and five overall, three and two in his last five. And he's coming off a dominant grappling win. Demir Hadzevic is 14 and six overall, three and two in his last five. Coming off a win over Yancey Medeiros last year, so I mentioned it. We have a bunch of fighters on this card, a year a year removed, two years removed, and in some cases, even more. Mark DeCasey is a very good kickboxer who's coming off an incredible win over an amazing kickboxer, but what was most impressive about that win was his grappling. Mark DeCasey worked in an incredible 11 takedowns with 12 minutes of control time. Striking-wise, he's got a ton of power, and he sets everything up with leg kicks and body shots. He's a guy who likes to invest early for a payoff in the later rounds, meaning he'll go to the body before he works the head. He's very durable, but he does have holes on the ground. Demir Hadzevic is an okay striker who marches forward throwing short punches designed to get you against the cage so that he can take you down. If he gets you to the ground, he is a hammer and he stays busy on top. He's lost to decent guys like Hanato Moicano and Christos Gallegos, but his UFC wins do not hold up as well. Every single one of his wins is against somebody who is no longer 
in the UFC. Mark's last win was very impressive. He showed thoughtful game planning and the discipline to execute. He is a striker at his core, but he was able to stick to a dominant grappling win. And I don't think he's going to need the grappling here, though. And like, there's no, you know, his striking should be that much better. And keep in mind, he lost to Rafael Fizayev, but it was a 29 28 decision. He took a round. Like, he looked okay in that fight. And that win ages better and better every single day. So I think Mark Takezi wins this fight. I think it's a pretty dominant win for him. And I think I'm going to uh, parlay him with Nathaniel Wood. I think Mark Takezi is absolutely a parlay piece. And minus 325. While those are big odds, I, I'm very confident in this guy's ability to win. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you 110% on this fight. I think this should be a world-class performance for Mark. It, it, I'm glad that you mentioned that. I don't think he needs a wrestling. He used the wrestling in his last fight against a, a world-class striker, um, and, and it paid off, right? But if he want, if he starts forcing the wrestling in this matchup, I don't want him to do that because you mentioned he should be able to win the striking as well. I, I think it should be a world-class performance for Mark in this match. If he wants to use the wrestling, you know, save it for a second or third round just in case some weird stuff happens. I don't want him forcing it and getting tired. The guy has a lot more high-level experience. You look at him, he has five losses. Those five losses are against the top level guys and, and as you mentioned some of them are pretty close losses as well so i love marking this matchup as far as the striking goes if he wants to mix in the grappling that's fine as well but this should be a tailor-made win um uh, for mark 100 i don't think there's much there's really not much more to it I, I, he should be win the striking if he wants to wrestle he should be able to win that as well so um yeah i think it's a pretty easy matchup i completely agree i will spend the 9100 dollars on him he could potentially get a stoppage here uh he's a very talented guy you're agreeing? I see the nodding. Minus yeah, because yeah, if, yeah. Just to add to that, because Demir, if you watch his last fight, I know that he won that fight versus Yancey. But if you watch the way that Yancey was touching him, if Mark starts striking, if decides to strike and touches him the way that Yancey was touching him, it's gonna be issues. He's gonna get knocked out. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know he's not like on a wild knockout streak or anything, Decazy. But he does have power. He can hang, uh, and he can certainly score some points. So I do like him. At $9,100, minus $325, those are big odds, but that might literally be worth a money line bet. Like that, you know, it's, it's, I think that translates to, you know, 80 something percent of the time you think he wins the fight. And yes, I do. So I may throw a money line bet at those odds, even though they seem wide. And the Monkey Knife Fight Strike Line, I, I do think it's a, it's another hard line because I think Mark touches up Demir. And while Mark could get a stoppage, he's not necessarily flatlining people left and right. So it may be a more and more. Demir's kind of a tough guy here, but I think it's a, I think it's the line's closer than it should be. I think Mark lands way more than Demir was. What do you think? Uh, I think it's a less less. I think he finds that finish. Well, if you guys have an idea what to do, go to weonpicks.com slash MKF. They will instantly match your deposit. If you want 50 bucks, I literally will Venmo you $50. All you need to do is go to wewantpicks.com slash bets, sign up with any one of our betting partners, and we'll send you 50 bucks as a thank you. And anybody watching live, feel free to like the stream. Don't be a Connor. Connor is not what you want to be. Connor is saying, hey, I enjoy the content. I'm entertained. I'm not going to click a like button. That's insane to Listen. Me. That's Listen, insane. Connor, I'm on, I'm I'm on, I'm on your you side, Connor. Hours of free content. You're not going to click one button. Oh I'm on God. your side, Connor. I, I, I've never. I don't think I've ever liked a YouTube video in my life. So well, if you guys don't want to like it, no big deal. You're part of the problem. But we'd appreciate it. You're part of the problem.
Next up at UFC London, we have a new fight. We've got Ludovic Klein taking on Mason Jones. We don't have any DraftKings pricing. No monkey knife fight line. They just added this unofficially on Saturday night. And then by Monday, I think they officially announced this fight. Ludovic Klein is 18-4 and four overall, 3-2 and two in his last five. Coming off a short notice win at UFC 272. Mason Jones is 11-1 and one overall, 3-1-1 one one in his last five. Coming off a solid win over David Onama in October. So Ludovic Klein, right, he's fighting Mason Jones. This is Ludovic's second short notice fight in a row. He is a 145-pounder. He stepped up on short notice against Devontae Smith in March at 155. And now again, he's stepping this up at 155. This is short notice for Mason. Let me finish. And I said, Ludovic but this is a fight next week. I'm not done. This is a little Grit different. Bite him. Get this the bite plate. This is a little plate. different because Ludovic Klein Tell your wife to get was, the bite plate. You're going you're gonna to lose your tongue, Angelo. You're going to lose your tongue. This is why people like Connor don't want to click the like button. Okay. This is a little different than the last time because Ludovic was supposed to fight at UFC 277. But said they brought it in a week earlier. But keep in mind, he is now fighting on a different continent against a different opponent on a different date. So there are a lot of changes here, but Ludovic has been in some sort of training camp. Ludovic Klein is a phenomenal striker. He's smooth, he's fast, and he's accurate. He's a big 145-pounder, so let's say he'll be a normal 155-pounder. And although he is a great striker, we have seen him lean on his wrestling if he's losing those exchanges. He took Mike Trezano down four times in that fight, and even though he didn't get an official takedown on Devontae Smith, he had a ton of cage control with seven full minutes of control time. The other thing he did well in that Devontae Smith fight was hide his kick behind the jab really well. It ended up being a split decision, but I do think Ludovic won that fight and he looked really good. He had Devontae rocked a few times in there as well. And that was straight up short notice up away class for him. Mason Jones is an aggressive striker with nice boxing and great takedowns. He's got a fantastic 78% Takedown defense, and if he is taken down, he gets right back up and immediately starts working. He also has his own solid takedowns with an average of more than four per fight. He's coming off that win over David Onama where he took him down an impressive eight times. This should be a really fun fight. I am glad they added this to the card, but the odds are a bit surprising to me. Mason Jones is a very wide three-to-one favorite. Like, that's... I agree he should be the favorite because of his size and the wrestling ability, but he's not a three-to-one favorite. Ludovic should be the much better striker. He has an impressive 80% takedown defense, and he defended all eight of Nate Landwehrs in his last, in, you know, in, in that fight. So again, Mason should be the favorite. I do think he wins, but Klein is live with his takedown defense and his striking offense. I'm going to be leaving Mason out of any of my parlays. What do you think, Jakey boy? Uh, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I broke down this fight and I was looking at this and I was looking at that. And then I found out that it was, it was short notice for Mason. Obviously, you know, you mentioned the Ludovic situation, um, as well, but I broke down this fight and I'm thinking like, okay, you know, this, this might be one of those fights for, I know that Mason's kind of the hometown guy, but this looks like a good fight for, for Ludovic. And then I looked at the odds and I'm like, what the hell, what am I missing? <laughs> Cause I don't see anywhere 
where I'm thinking like Mason Jones is like way better than Ludovic Klein. You mentioned the striking as well. I think Ludovic is a clear, much more technical striker. Um, and the wrestling, I think it's almost a wash in, in my mind. You know, maybe just in the pure like just grappling jujitsu, you, you might have Mason um, with the advantage. I've seen him backpack people. He's pretty good at once he gets your back, he really kind of backpacks people um, and holds on to you well. But I just don't see him getting in that position to really be able to backpack Ludovic Klein. Ludovic Klein is very well versed in wrestling, in grappling, a very good striker, as you mentioned, hide stuff well. Um, he does have some some IQ fight IQ moments that does, that does worry me a little bit. Um, he, he's had people hurt in pretty much every single fight, and a lot of times when he has people hurt, that's when he goes for his takedowns. It's like, what the hell are you doing? He, he's hurt. Just throw some strikes at him. That's the thing that worries me in this fight, and the the thing that really worries me in this fight is Mason is tough as hell, dude. That guy is nonstop. Will eat every single shot you throw at him. And that might be the way, and maybe that's why he's such a big favorite, because they think that no matter what Ludovic throws at him or, or brings to him, he's just going to eat it and keep pressing forward and eventually get the takedown and wear Ludovic down. So I guess that's why he's the favorite. Being a 300 favorite seems absolutely insane to me. I think Ludovic has a clear advantage in the striking, can hold his own in the wrestling, in the grappling. Definitely short notice for Mason, a little bit short notice for Ludovic, but he was already training for uh, Bahama Mama um, in a couple weeks. So, you know, I'm going Ludovic. I mean, I'm going Ludovic. It might, I mean, it might look stupid. Maybe Mason Jones comes through and, and, and with his pressure, knowing it's short, short notice, really steps up the pace in the first round, eats those shots. But the guy gets hit, man. And I know that he eats shots, but sometimes you just can't eat the right shot. And I think Ludovic finds that right shot. It's crazy to me, too, that Ludovic's, I think he's only like 27 years old. So he's still a young guy, still learning, still developing as well. So I'm going Ludovic. Yeah, I mean, uh, I disagree with that pick. Obviously, but Ludovic is very good. And, you know, I open this with saying I think these odds are are a bit wide. Um, so we'll see. And it's funny because people in the chat talking, Josh Locke said, you're missing a lot, apparently. The market got hit massively all on Mason. The problem with looking at the market and the market trends, obviously some are right. But a lot of, you know, the, I don't know if you guys know this, the general public is stupid. People are stupid. There's a lot of stupid people. Well, nobody in here. Nobody in here. Except for no, Jester's no, the only here. stupid one in here, but nobody in this chat is stupid. Speaking Look what of, happened Jesse to just, Dustin. Jesse just gifted a membership. That's our first gifted membership. We Clap oh. it up. Speaking Can we of W's in the after chat? you called Jester an idiot. <laughs> I no, didn't Jesse see that. I would pin it. it, but I don't see that notification. So thank no, you, Jesse Jester. Not, oh, not Jesse. 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 Oh, Jesse's an Jester idiot. Jesse would never yeah, Jesse. Oh, here it is. Jesse gifted a membership, so one of you is now a member. Oh my god! I think he just gifted another one. It's Who's the same them? pin. Thank you, Jesse. Look at Jesse coming out. Wow. Jesse is big true W's. OG. Big W's. It's been here since day one. True OG. Thank you, Jesse, very, very much. And it looks membership? like I'm, I'm curious. Play no games got the membership. There you go. There's one. Play no games. There you go. Oh, look at that. That's cool. Look at this gifted memberships. Um, oh, it says it right there. Oh, Angelo's truck got the other one. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. W's in the chat for Angelo's truck. Yeah. Congratulations, so Angelo's truck. I don't truck see that on my the, side yet. That's so funny. <laughs> anyway, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Jesse, for that. Uh, listen, I, I Ludovic is definitely liver than these odds will, you know, will show. So I am on the Mason Jones side. I do think he wins, but I am leaving him out of parlays. He is not a tentpole piece. And we were talking about line movement. Look what happened to Dustin Jacoby last week. That line plummeted. The dude became an underdog and got a first-round knockout. The general public is stupid. 
don't just follow lines, right? Like use your except for me. Make except for me. If you're gonna follow a lines, this is the fucking one to follow. I get. I fall into that trap. And actually, Chris Riley is one of the people who texted me the other day saying, "Don't, don't look at line movement. Don't look at it." And now, early line movement could mean something because early line movement is usually sharks, right? They're betting as soon as these things drop. Late line look, movement. It's moving lines. Is look, it's not. moving lines. So anyway, I'm not touching Mason Jones as far as money is concerned. I do think he wins. We don't have anything else to break down in this fight because it's too new. But come back Friday. We'll do a DraftKings breakdown, and it will be listed there. If you guys want 50 free bucks, go to weonpicks.com slash bets. Sign up, make a deposit. We will send you $50. Next up, at UFC London, we have Paul Craig taking on Vulcan Ozdemir in the main card opener. Paul Craig is 16-4 and four overall, 4-1 four and one in his last five, and he's coming off yet another incredible come-from-behind submission win, this time over Nikita Krylov. Volkan Ozdemir is 17-6 overall, 2-3 and three in his last five, and he's currently on a two-fight skid. Paul Craig is a grappler who's very dangerous on the ground, and he's proven to be incredibly tough. He has built his entire career on getting his face smashed in and then pulling off an upset submission. He did it against Magomed Ankalaev with literally one second left in the entire fight. Not in the round, in the fight. And he did it in his last fight against Nikita Krylov. Essentially, if he has any room to grapple, you need to worry. Striking is just okay, but you know he's not really much of a threat there. Uh, but he can be outstruck by most in the division. Vulcan Ozdemir is a striker, but more of a boxer than a kickboxer. He does have kicks, but they're not natural, and he keeps them pretty low. He's got a forward pressure style with legit power and volume. He throws his hands hard, and he throws them often. If you watch his fight against Jiri Prohachka, the now champion, they were basically mirror images of each other, just heavy punchers with no regard for their own chin. Vulcan actually landed more total and more significant strikes in that fight. He's got a miserable takedown accuracy at only 18%, but I love that here. I love that his takedowns suck because hopefully he's not going to use them and he has a solid takedown defense at 80%. I think this breakdown is pretty similar to every other Paul Craig breakdown, right? He, Paul Craig should lose. And uh, he's not going to be the better striker, but if it gets to the ground, he's ridiculously dangerous. The difference between this fight and Paul Craig's last fight is Vulcan has no desire to grapple whatsoever. He's not going to initiate takedowns. He's going to be able to defend any that come his way. So the pick's going to be Vulcan. Betting-wise, last time I cashed on Paul Craig inside the distance decision, no action. He happened to win inside the distance, right? That's what Paul Craig manages to do. But if he got pounded on for 15 minutes, I would get a refund. I like that bet here as well. Paul Craig is very tough. So I don't think he's necessarily going to get stopped. I like that bet here. So basically, again, if Paul Craig wins by submission, I'll get paid. If Paul Craig loses a decision, I get a refund. That bet never happened. The only partner that offers that bet is Bet Online. So if you go to wewantpicks.com slash bets, you'll see our partners there. Click on Bet Online, go in, find that bet. If you make a deposit and you use our link, we will send you $50 as a thank you. Vulcan's the pick. Paul Craig might be the bet. Jakey Boy, what do you think? Yeah, if, you, if you're Vulcan, you cannot go to the ground with Paul Craig for any 
reason whatsoever. I don't care if he trips and falls, if you stun him, if you knock him out, if he's asleep, if his legs fall off and he's just there on the ground. Do not follow this guy to the ground. I say it all the time about Mackenzie Dern. Mackenzie Dern is the Francis Naganu of jiu-jitsu. Paul Craig is the male version of Francis Naganu in the jiu-jitsu. If you stay in with Francis Naganu, you're probably going to get knocked out. If you go to the ground with Paul Craig, you're going to get submitted. Do not go to the ground. The funniest part about Paul Craig and his jiu-jitsu too, especially in that last fight, is it looked like he was getting the shit beat, shit beat out of him, right? I mean, he was like, the guy who was landing big shots, big ground and pound, but apparently the whole strategy for Paul Craig, he didn't, because a lot of times the jiu-jitsu guys, you know, they'll go to their back and they look for something, right? They're looking for this or looking for that. Apparently there was a read from Paul Craig that when he throws ground and pound, he overextends on his shots and the triangle will be there. So Paul Craig was literally like baiting him in to punching him in the face so he would overextend and then the triangle would be there. So at least he has some game plan behind it. You see, you know, these jiu-jitsu guys all the time end up on their back and they're looking for stuff, but there's no real game plan. He comes in with actual game plan, so you have to give him credit for that. My biggest thing, and I think your biggest thing lately, is jiu-jitsu does not work anymore. Jiu-jitsu flat out does not work unless somebody is already tired or they're hurt scrambles. or it's a female it, fight. It works in scrambles. It's phenomenal but for scrambles. Even in scrambles, like very rarely, I mean, very rarely people get full out submitted anymore, and especially early on in a fresh fight. It's just everyone is just so well-versed in jiu-jitsu these days. They know what's coming in certain situations. It's so hard to pull shit off. But Paul Craig is the exception to that rule. He just keeps doing it over and over and over and over again. So until he doesn't do it, man, uh, I, there's no way I'm going to pick against, uh, against Paul Craig and then all of a sudden he does it again. I'd much rather pick him and then if it doesn't happen, it, you know, it doesn't happen. So, you know, I, 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 a lot of people are on, oh, Paul Craig, lock of the week, lock of the week, oh, this, you know, he's, oh, he's definitely, definitely getting a sub. I disagree with that. He's probably going to get knocked out, but... I'll ride the fucking train, man. I'm with you, Paul Craig. Uh, he's going to be my pick. I, I don't think I'm going to put any money on him or anything crazy. I think that's a little bit foolish because, as you mentioned, Vulcan has no interest in wrestling and hopefully learn everyone else's lesson. Do not follow this man to the ground. But I hope he does because my pick is Paul Craig. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Um, certainly, the duds, that's going to end eventually. You cannot build your career on losing and then winning. Right, you can't build a career and getting beat on, and then pulling a trick, you know, a rabbit out of your hat. That's just not something you're going to be able to do. With that being said, I think that bet you is know magic the, isn't real. Yeah, well, my daughter lost her tooth today, and she's going to wake up to a couple bucks under her pillow. So to her, magic is real. And I think you and I have made some magic here tonight, Jacob. Anyway, and if you want to see some more magic, check out OnlyFans.com. If you want to see some keep, real magic. People keep asking about my truck. How many people I should... do you think? Uh, how many people do you think have searched for my OnlyFans? Saying that it's got to be thousands. We right? we get eighty. Here's some insight behind the scenes. We get eighty five thousand unique views a month on YouTube. You mention freckled salamander very often. I would say at least a thousand people have searched it just out of curiosity. A lot, of sus, a lot of sus people. Watch, I need to just do it. Somebody's it probably going to steal it. Somebody probably already stole it, honestly. It probably is a thing. Imagine uh, well, if somebody... No, imagine if somebody did it and they started posting wild pictures and everybody thought it was me. Someone's going to do that now. You should it's go gonna grab like, it. Yeah, you should go. They're going to go... They're going to... Uh, what was it called when people would just sit on URLs? People are going to do that. You should go grab it. Anyway, I'm going to go grab it. 
I'm gonna, <laughs> and I'm going to sell it to you. Um, $7,700 for Paul Craig. Listen, if he pulls it off, he's worth 7,700 bucks. If he gets his face beat in for three rounds and no, he's not worth $7,700. The chat seems to be not like split, but the chat seems to be like, you know, a good amount of people on Paul Craig. So you guys, good for you. You should definitely grab Paul Craig for your DraftKings lineup at 7,700 bucks. I like Vulcan at 85. Um... That's a, that's a fair price point because I don't necessarily think he's going to get a stoppage, but 8500 bucks is not a lot of money, so he should score well. Betting odds, Ozdemir is probably worth a money line bet as well, but I do think the bet that I mentioned earlier is the way to go. And 46 strikes to 65 strikes. What do you think of that monkey knife fight strike line? I'm trying to find that bet. They don't even have the... Um... They'll oh, drop it. it. Inside distance, decisional action, Paul Craig, plus 150. Oh, that's plus money? Oh, I'm definitely going to grab that. 150. Because he's a durable guy. He's a very durable guy. Oh, and you so know what? Another thing that we've got to mention. If you guys like bet online, that's what I use all my stuff. We want picks.com slash bet. Sign up bet online. They actually have started adding different bets. They actually have most significant strikes landed for each fight now and most takedowns landed. And there's some wild odds. We'll talk about that, especially for the main event and the Chris Curtis well, fight. But but yeah, we'll we'll, yeah. we'll touch on those coming up. Yeah, those we are good. Picks.com uh, slash bets. Bet online. Sign up. Send me ten thousand dollars. There you go. Um, Monkey knife I strike line. I asked you about that. You didn't answer. You did whatever the hell you do. Uh, yeah, it's I a tricky line. It's a answer. very tricky line. I, I'm not going to touch that line. It's very tricky because Paul Craig, like he can strike. He's not. You know, he'll get outstruck, but he'll strike. He's not like clueless. He's not Ryan Hall, right? He can strike. So I don't know what to do with that strike line. I'm not going to touch it. Um, but if you guys want to, we on picks.com slash MKF. Bye. This is so much more peaceful when you're gone. Next up at UFC London, we have Molly McCann taking on Hannah Goldie. Molly McCann, 12 and four overall, three and two in her last five. And she's coming off an incredible win at the last UFC London. Hannah Goldie is six and two overall. Three and two in her last five, coming off an armbar win over Emily Whitmire, where she was actually taken down twice. Molly McCann's a fun and aggressive striker. And I say striker, but she's really a boxer. She doesn't kick much, but she does like a dirty inside-the-pocket type fight. She doesn't have much power, but she is coming off that incredible spinning back elbow win over Luana Carolina at the last UFC London. She has nice takedowns that are well-timed to secure the rounds as well. She's a decision fighter, but she's technically sound and plenty of cardio to push a pace there. Hannah Goldie is coming off her first official UFC win back in September with an early armbar over Emily Whitmire. Physically, she's short, jacked, and strong as hell, but she doesn't fight very physically. Like She's not grinding you against the cage and using that strength to rip you to the ground or push you around. She's a volume striker who's constantly coming forward and keeping a high energy pace. She's jacked but does no real power in her strikes and essentially is energizer bunnying her way through fights with her incredible cardio and pace. And these odds are surprising to me, so I get it. Molly McCann, four to one favorite. She's tough. She's talented. She's coming off a knockout win, but she's not really a knockout fighter. The vast majority of her wins are decisions. She wins those decisions with dirty boxing, a great pace, and well-timed takedowns. So yes, she's a very good fighter. I think she wins this fight. She should be the favorite, but four to one 
over somebody who's probably physically stronger than her, somebody who is definitely faster than her, and somebody who has a better strike differential, like literally has a better strike differential, is surprising to me. I do think Molly wins. I genuinely think it's because of the crowd. I said this in the Quick Picks video, and it sounds ridiculous, though. But, you know, the Lana fight was almost like a WWE wrestling match. The crowd was, like, getting behind Molly and cheering for her. And you could just see her getting stronger with that crowd energy. And that's what helped drive her to that win. And I think it is more of the same here. I think the fact that she'll be fighting at London, like, some people don't rise to that occasion. I think Molly McCann will rise to that occasion. She will show up. She'll push forward and, and she will, you know, get this win. But the reality is Hannah Goldie is strong, fast, busy. She's not somebody that you're just going to put out, finish. So I think Hannah Goldie's actually pretty live in this fight. I think Molly wins. The hometown matters quite a bit, but I do not think... Hannah Goldie is just going to get steamrolled here. I, I I just don't think that at all. You and I had some nasty text about this, so go ahead, do whatever you're going to do. Uh, I don't know if we are we ever really nasty with each other. I think we're always pretty cordial, you know. Um, listen, Hannah looks the part. She seems like a nice person. I've heard her OnlyFans is fantastic. I I, I don't know. I don't even know how much it costs. How much does somebody let me know in the chat? Maybe I'll check that out later tonight. Um, <laughs> listen, she looks the part. She she seems like a, a great person, a nice person. Um, I'm trying to say this in the nicest way possible. Uh, not a good fighter. She's just just flat out not a great fighter. She's not good anywhere. Not a technical striker. Not very good on the ground. Not good in the wrestling. You saw in her last fight, she tried to wrestle in her last fight and got absolutely reversed every single time. She ended up finding that arm bar, uh, kind of a Hail Mary arm bar. You know, shout out to her. She, she did find it. She did get that win. But she was getting beat up in that fight just like pretty much every other fight that she gets beat up on. You know, Molly McCann is, is not much better either. She's And Molly McCann is not a world-class striker, a world-class wrestler. She's just a, a pretty average fighter that just toughs her way to victory. So I'm not going to say that Molly, you know, is, is this dominant fighter that's going to absolutely dominate this matchup. But I think she probably is going to dominate this matchup, even though she's not a world-class fighter. Because she's, she's one of those fighters that is used to having to get inside the length of longer fighters and really brawl them. And in this matchup, she's finally fighting somebody for the first time in a while, somebody her size, somebody that's going to be, you know, eye to eye, length to length, reach to reach with her. And I think she's going to really, really, really excel. Because I think the times that she struggles in fights is when she struggles to get inside the pocket and be able to brawl with these people. Where Hannah is not tactical enough to be a threat on the feet. She's not good enough wrestling to control, you know, wrestling situations. She's not a jiu-jitsu, you know, world-class jiu-jitsu practitioner who's going to threaten submissions off her back or be able to win scrambles. This is the, the reason the odds are the way they are is because Molly is a much, even though Molly is not a, a super fantastic fighter, she's a much, much, much better fighter than Hannah Goldie in this matchup. And uh, without the length that she, used to have to, she usually has to deal with in her fights, I think she gets in this, inside the pocket and really gives Hannah issues early and really brawls the shit out of Hannah Goldie. So uh, I'm all in on Molly McCann on this fight. I, I'm not going to put money, obviously, you know, minus 400 on somebody like Molly McCann. No thank you for my money, but if you're going to put her in parlay pieces and stuff like that, I think she's a great piece. I, I think she actually absolutely steamrolls Hannah Goldie. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Molly's my pick as well, but yeah, I, th I, th I don't think Hannah's getting, especially not your breakdown, any, <laughs> any credit at all. She's busy. She's strong. She's not like somebody you just put out, but 
Yep, I hear you. I mean, she's very she's tough. I mean, I, I, she's tough. She's going to be there, but I just think that she is just completely overwhelmed. I don't think she's just technical enough to, you know. It, I said what I said. You know, what I, I mean? was debating. So. I'm honestly debating a plus three and a half bet. I think she can win a round. I think she could win one single round with volume, straight volume. I just literally had the stats. You're not going to out. You think that she's going to? And I'm not trying to like. I'm not being combative here. I, I honestly, it's a question. You, you you really think that she can out volume Molly McCann? That's what yeah, Molly, that's she, what Molly does. I get it, but Hannah's literally physically stronger. I think she can come forward. She looks t- stronger. I don't think she, she no. Really she is. is stronger, and I did mention she doesn't really use her strength that much, so she doesn't hold you against the cage. But, but she, yeah, because she got she got manhandled trying to she her last fight she tried to outmuscle that girl and just got hip tossed to the ground like three or four times. Like it was. Listen, I think Molly wins this fight. I, I'm not pretending that I think Molly right. wins this fight, but I do think Hannah Goldie is better than the. Uh, the perception, especially people like you were putting out there. It's really... And if we're looking at value, you want to talk about DraftKings, Michael put in the chat, apparently it's only $19.99 a month. I think that's pretty good value for Hannah Goldie. $19.99 a month? That's pretty good value. Depends what's on there. That's double the cost of membership at wewantpicks.com. So, just enough. Well, and there's there's double... uh, (laughs) You know what I mean? Okay. All right. Anyway, $9,300 is $6,900. Do you think Molly McCann is worth $9,300? She's probably not going to get a finish. She's not a finisher, and Hannah's tough. But these two could land 1,000 strikes. Yeah, I, I, I think that she can get a finish, honestly. Um, we'll see how it stacks up. Like I said, we I was waiting for the Klein and, and Mason uh, values to come out to really set my lineup. So I'm, I'm sorry I can't really give, give you like my full lineup right now. But Molly's looking in there for $9,300. Speaking of, no, go ahead. I'm not going to do it. Okay, yeah, there you go. Um, Monkey Knife Fight Strike Line, 90, I'm learning. I'm learning. 92 to 88, and uh, I think it's a more-more. I think it's busy. I think it's a sloppy striking match. I think it's busy. Uh, I do think it's more-more Monkey Knife Fight, but I hate doing more when we start getting near the hundreds, but I do think that's what it is. We want picks.com slash MKF if you want to give Monkey Knife Fight a try. And we want picks.com slash bets if you want 50 free bucks. Go there, sign up with any one of our five Benny partners on the screen, and we send you 50 bucks as a thank you. It's literally that simple. We want picks.com slash bets. Uh, Michael's comment was pretty fun. I don't get it. Can you say it out loud? Nope. Uh, okay. Look at Next that up. picture of Gustafson. Jesus Christ. He's a little sloppy. A little he looks sloppy. like he's uh, a Monday after a bender. <laughs> yeah. He looks like in, uh, I'm not a big comic book movie he guy. Looks like he, he looks like he puts cigarettes out on his Thor, own arm. He looks like when Thor went on his bender after the world ended. That's I what just Alexander said bender. Gustafson You just took was. what I said. Well, he literally, okay, do me a favor. Next up. At UFC London, we have Nikita Krylov taking on Alexander Gustafson. Alexander Gustafson, 18-7 and seven overall. Three-fight losing streak, two years away from the cage. Nikita Krylov, 27-9 and nine overall, and he's coming off of that loss to Paul Craig where he was winning, decided that he should be grappling, a world-level grappler in MMA, and then got himself submitted. Nikita Krylov is a well-rounded guy, though. He's, he's very good wrestling, solid striking as well. He has nice forward pressure, and he mixes his punches and kicks in really, really well. You can see how he puts it all together. Just go back, watch that Ed Herman knockout. He started with a nice boxing exchange. He ended it at close range with a head kick. 
that just put Ed Herman out. And he did all of that while moving forward. So, you know, the fight's a little while ago, but it's really, it's really impressive to watch that fight-finishing combination. And he isn't just a striker, though. He's got solid takedowns. He averages more than one per fight. You can question his fight IQ, though. I mentioned he's coming off that Paul Craig loss. He did triple the strikes, but he decided to grapple, and he got himself submitted. Alexander Gustafson is coming back after two years away and a three-fight losing streak. But don't let that recent record fool you, right? He's very good. His last loss was a fight at heavyweight, which I don't know why he was fighting at heavyweight. Before that um, was a rematch loss to John Jones. But if you remember the first loss to John Jones, most of the world thought he won that fight. Style-wise, he's a striker with solid accuracy, solid power, and fantastic takedown defense. Alexander Gustafson at his prime was one of the best. What the hell was that? Someone said, do? I look like I'm sitting in a chair from a 97 Honda Civic Coupe. So I'm just, oh. I think he's right. They look like the kind of the cloth seats a little bit. In his prime, Alexander Gustafson was, was a top guy on the planet. But at 35 years old, two years removed from his last fight, is he still the same fighter? Or are we going to get a Herbert Burns situation on our hands here? It's a really tough pick because these odds are two to one favoring Krylov. That's a little surprising to me. Like, sure, Gustafsson is two years removed from his last fight and five years removed from his last win, but he's good. He's a very talented guy. And frankly, Krylov is just okay. Nikita Krylov is well-rounded. He's tough, but he is not and never will be as accomplished as Gustafsson is. So listen, can Nikita win this fight? Yeah, and he probably does. But I don't think I'm going to bet it, right? The, the reason I'm going to go with Nikita here is his chin. He has lost to some of the best in the world, but he's only been knocked down one time. I have no idea what Gustafson is going to look like two years away, but I imagine he's going to be older, slower, worse for the wear, almost like what Misha Tate looked like at UFC Long Island, right? Just slow, just sluggish, like cement shoes. Again, I'm just going to watch this fight because Alexander Gustafson was one of the best to do it for a while there. So, lots of question marks, but Nikita Krylov is the pick. What do you think, Jakey Bumbats? Yeah, this UFC London card, I think a lot of favorites win, but I think a lot of them are pretty overvalued. You see a lot of minus 250s, 300s. You know, this is one of those matchups where I saw these odds, and I'm like, yes, please. I put 1.8 units on Krylov to win a unit back. I got him at minus 180. I think he's at minus 190 right now. Listen, if you, if you want to pick Gustafson because of what he's done in the past, Hats off to you. More power to you. From what I've seen lately, it looks like he's lost a step. The guy retired and then came back and said, let me be a heavyweight. Got submitted by a 42-year-old. I know the 42-year-old's a very good you know, grappler and, and jiu-jitsu guy, but not a good look. And then he's gone again. Now he's like, okay, let me come back to 205. You know, I, I think that he's – I don't think he's going to try and find himself again. He's not. He knows he's not going to compete for a title again. You know, maybe this is one last run. You know, I, I hope. You know, I I, I, I have nothing against Gustin. If he comes back at 205 and looks like even a, a 80% of what he was, he should be able to dominate this fight in the striking. The issue is it looked like he was slowing down already before he retired. Then he came back at heavyweight. Looked not great in that matchup, and now he's trying to come back again at 205. I don't like the time off. I don't like the way he was looking before he took the time off. You know, Krylov isn't like this you know, super accomplished striker or wrestler, but he does have the wrestling in his back pocket. So if he does get in trouble with the striking of Gustin, if Gustin comes out, starts looking shot or starts looking sharp, 
I think he's going to be able to get the takedowns and control positions there on the ground. So Krylov, I think, is a is an easy pick, and I'm going to put money on him as well. And to, unless, you know, I, honestly, I kind of hope I'm wrong because I do like Gustin. If he comes back and looks great, you know, I, I don't think that's bad for the division at all. But, you know, I'm not going to trust Gustin. A guy that anytime you retire and then you try to come back, it's like I just don't think stuff like that works. So I'm going Krylov. He's got my money. Um as far as a finish goes, what was his DraftKings? Can you switch back if you don't mind? I think it might be decent value, $8,600. I don't know if he's going to get a finish, but I think it's decent value with the takedowns. Yeah, it's just so tricky. I mean, we we started this card talking about there's a bunch of fighters here a year removed, two years removed. I It's so hard breaking those down because you don't know what you're going to get. I see people commenting that, yeah, Gustafson's soft in this picture, but you can see his abs in his in his Instagram. So it's like... Instagram. You, you just don't know what you're going to get when somebody's been gone for that long. But I agree. He retired. It wasn't injuries. And and this could be a money thing. He could be retired and be like, oh, I can't really make money doing anything else. So you just don't know. Nikita Krylov is the pick. On, he's probably on a decent contract, right? I he was, like, he was up there, right? So yeah, it might be one of those on board and let me get a, a quick 50, 100 grand or whatever it is. So Yeah. So um, I like Nikita to win. I recognize Alexander Gustafson's accomplishments. And even like you said, if he's just even a, a decent percentage of what he used to be, he should be able to win this fight. $8,600 for Nikita Krylov. I will disagree with you. I think he's probably, that's a lot of money against somebody as good as Gustafson. Granted, two years removed, y- you don't know what you're going to get there. So a lot of you like Gus in the chat. A lot of you think he's a bum. Pick your side here because the pricing is pretty fair. Right, it's. I think it's factoring everything in. Solid pricing. Uh, Monkey knife fight strike line seventy one to fifty six. This is another one. This is a weird week. I'm saying stay away from a lot. You just don't know what you're going to get with Alexander Gustafson. So because of that, you got to stay away. Is Nikita going to crack him once and Gus is gonna, just going to? Oh my God, why am I doing this? Why did I come back? Or is he going to come out and and just look fantastic? I don't know. I'm not touching the strike line. What do you think? One more. Okay. Um, the other thing that's important to note here is Monkey Knife Fight has knockout kings. You don't need to do the strike lines. If you can just pick any three fighters you want in the entire card, and if one of them wins by knockout, you make some money. If you think Alexander Gustin is that washed up, Nikita Krylov should be in your knockout kings for Monkey Knife Fight. Check that out. We own picks.com slash MKF. You want 50 bucks for free. We want picks.com slash bets. Sign up, make a deposit. We send you 50 bucks. As a thank you, literally that simple. Fifty bucks. We on picks.com slash bets. Oh party the body. Oh party the body. Next up at UFC London, we have Patty Pimblett taking on Jordan Leavitt. Patty Pimblett, 18 and 3 overall, 4 and 1 in his last five, riding a four-fight stoppage. Streak. Jordan leave it ten and one overall, four and one in his last five. Coming off a close decision win over Trey Ogden two months ago. Patty Pimblet is a hot prospect. He's coming off a pair of very fun wins. He's pretty well rounded. He's got a lot of experience, despite this being only his third fight in the UFC. He is pretty hittable though, and he has a zero percent takedown defense. He has solid striking offense with a ton of volume. He's a very smooth grappler who flows well on the ground. And he really does have a lot of tools 
that if he refines them, he cleans them up, buttons it up, he actually can do something in the division. His last win was interesting, though, because he was outstruck 3-1. to one, And he got cracked. So then he went to his grappling, and he pulled off his submission. But this opponent isn't necessarily the guy that you want to be taking down proactively. Jordan Levitt is a grappler, but he's more of a throwback to the early days of the UFC. He's a very good one-dimensional grappler. He's got subpar striking. His wrestling's terrible, but he can grapple. The problem with Jordan is that because his striking isn't a real threat, he can't use it to set up takedowns. And because his wrestling is less than okay at 26% accuracy, he needs perfect shots and setups to get those takedowns. And that's just not easy to do. And this entire fight is just going to come down to Jordan's takedowns. If he can take Patty down, I have to imagine that he's going to have a clear advantage. Patty's listed at having a 0% takedown defense, but it was literally one single takedown. And I mean, he's only had two fights in the UFC, but it was a pretty miserable sample size. So it's hard to say he's got terrible takedowns defense. Here's the reality. Patty's not great, right? He's got tools. He's got to clean them up, but he's pretty sloppy. He's pretty sloppy. He's hittable. He's takedownable. And he gets a little wild. He's a ton of fun. I love watching him, but he's... You know, he could he could be a bit sloppy. He's tough. He's fun. He's getting favorable matchups. Patty was getting outstruck in his last fight, so he grappled. While grappling is not a viable reality in this fight, neither is getting outstruck by Jordan Levitt. So I think Patty's day is gonna come. I don't think it's gonna be this Saturday. I see Patty winning. And honestly, Moneyline is probably solid, man. Minus two fifty five is not crazy. He's probably worth that. And Patty might be worth that money line or inside the distance decision, no action on Jordan Levitt, if you think he could pull off the submission. Before I go to you, MMA fan. No, I'll, I'll go right into it uh, with that donation. We have four ninety nine from MMA fan. He says every fighter gets hit. His hair makes it look worse. Hasn't he? Hasn't been rocking the UFC commentary just an extra chromey. Monkey King has no hands, and this I think this is exactly. The UFC realized that Patty was getting hit. They, they realized that he almost got knocked out basically in back-to-back fights, and that's why they gave him Jordan Levitt because that, that's exactly right. Jordan Levitt really is no threat on the feet, and this matchup is, is, is pretty simple in my mind. Should Patty win? Absolutely, he should win this fight. Can he lose the fight? Absolutely, he can lose this fight because people are disrespecting Jordan in his grappling game. Unfortunately for Jordan, and for some reason people like, and Patty like, is like trying to make it seem like he's like a bad guy or something. And people like hate Jordan Levitt. Jordan Levitt is like the nicest dude in the entire world. Soft-spoken dude. And unfortunately for this matchup, I think that's going to be his downfall because he's not really a killer in the octagon. He's very methodical with everything he does. His striking is very methodical, even in his wrestling and his grappling. I know he kind of has that slam KO um, but even in his, like the scrambling and the wrestling, everything is very, it almost is like slow motion and moving like this and moving like that. If he had a more killer instinct in this matchup with takedowns with, with ground and pound, I think he could win. I think he'd be much more alive in this matchup. Unfortunately, he is kind of that, just that methodical, as you mentioned, the old school type grappler, just going from one position to another. But if you're Jordan Levitt in this matchup, you got to find a way to get this fight to the ground because Patty is a dude that will throw heat. He doesn't give a fuck. And if you get hit, you can probably get knocked out by his power. You've seen him, you know, drop people in the past before. So if you're this matchup, you know, I hate to be that guy. And I know I, I just got done saying with Paul Gray, the jujitsu doesn't work, but it's almost like a, you got to like almost pull guard type situation to try to get this fight to the ground and try to win a scramble. I think that's your best 
path to victory is get this fight to the ground any way possible. If he's close to you, you know, go for a wild jumping guillotine, do something to get this fight to the ground and try to win a scramble, which he definitely can do. People that think that Patty's just going to run over this guy, and maybe he, I mean, that's probably what's going to end up happening, but people that think that Patty's just going to take this guy down and submit him or do whatever he wants to this guy are, are clueless. Jordan Levitt is very well versed on the ground. He's going to win a scramble or two and could find Patty in a very weird predicament in this fight. But like I said, should Patty win this fight? Absolutely. If I'm Patty, I, I don't mess around on the, on the on the ground. I just win a striking battle, but he does hold his chin up high as well. And, and Jordan will throw some weird kicks sometimes as well too. So my pick is going to be Patty, but... He can lose this fight. Patty will do some stupid shit. Um, and if Jordan's able to capitalize at the right moment, he can steal this fight, man. Yeah, I like Patty to win this fight. I'm more, I'm more confident than you are. Because um, you know, we've talked about many of these breakdowns before. Jordan only has one one single path of it. That's it. He can maybe pull off. He's, he's Paul Craig. The it's inverted the exact triangle. Same breakdown. It's the exact same breakdown. So I like Patty to win. I love that he there's not an inflated price here. I love it. So uh, I might do an Ozdemir Pimblet parlay, just the uh, striker versus grappler parlay, just to really put the nail on that. You can be a 1996 grappler in the UFC coffin. Uh, $8,900 in DraftKings. That's interesting. I, it, honestly, probably, but it is interesting because I guess we'll see how tough Jordan actually is or how tough Patty actually is. This, this is going to be a real right. fight for both of them. No, and um, I, I, just a quick note on those odds. I, I was surprised that the odds are the way they are. This is this shows some respect for Jordan's grappling game because I thought they would be three or four hundred. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it. Um, you know, I think you broke it down perfectly when you said they're like, "Uh oh, Patty's getting hit in the face a lot. Who can we give him that won't be really obvious? It's a gift, and we don't have to worry about the hitting in the face." And they said right. Jordan Levitt for sure. So that, that's exactly what this is. So he should win and it should happen. And people people hate on the UFC when they build talent. I don't know why. Like, let them build talent. Like, let them do that. I, I don't understand why that's a problem. Don't you want super? Do you want everybody to lose? You know, their second fight, third fight? No. Build talent, build some hype. I think get Sean those is one of those guys that just wants everyone to lose. It just makes... I, I, I don't... Because I see... I'm reading some comments of people... Hating on the uh, on the Patty getting some favorable favorable matchups. Great, let him build it up. Let them build them up. Anyway, Monkey Knife Fight Strikes Line sixty one to forty eight. I think it's a more and more. I think this goes a little bit. I think um, you know. I think it. Uh, I think it's a couple of rounds. What do you think? No, Kenny says this is a sport, not an entertainment business. It literally is an entertainment business. That's how they make money. It's <laughs> off of entertainment, and it's owned. They and have to build up stars. The- That's literally what they do. It not only is it the entertainment business, it is owned by the largest entertainment firm on the planet. So Kenny, a little out of touch with reality. Sorry, bud. Um, Monkey Knife, I strike line. I said more and more. What do you think? Gee, that scares the shit out of me, man. I don't know what's going to happen in this fight. I have oh, no see, idea. Oh, see, I actually think it's going to go a little bit. I think it's just a lot of... Touch yeah, him. I don't know, man. I, I, if if he just if 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 Patty just blitzes him, uh, he could be knocked out quick. But who knows? I really have no idea. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll find out. We want picks. dot com slash bets. Sign up, make a deposit. We will send you fifty bucks as a thank you. And don't forget, we have unveiled 
premium membership. So go to weontpicks.com. If you go to the top, there is a become a member link and that gives you all sorts of perks and bonuses that will give you our safety parlays, all of our picks right there, all of our content right there. We do full DraftKings breakdowns with our favorite, our least favorite, the biggest fade. We will give you ownership projections as well as rank every single prider at individual price points. The 7,000 to 8,400, top five there, all of that at weonpicks.com. Scroll to the top, click become a member. Next up at UFC London, we have the co-main event of the evening. We have Jack Hermanson taking on a short notice, Chris Curtis. Jack Hermanson is 22-7, and 2-3 and three in his last five, coming off the split decision loss to Sean Shirk, Shirk, Strickland. Chris Curtis is 29-8 and eight overall, 5-0 and oh in his last five, riding a three-fight win streak in the UFC. Jack lost his original opponent, Darren Till. So Chris Curtis stepped in. He's doing his best cowboy impression to save the day, jump in on short notice yet again. This is his third fight on short notice. So yet again, coming in and hoping to repeat that success. Jack Hermanson is a great grappler. If he takes you down, he's pretty dominant from there. His striking is solid, but he's not going to be KOing anybody anytime soon. What I like about Jack is that he will stick to a game plan and he will have success doing it. He took Shabazian down three times in a win. Marvin Vittori down twice in a loss. Jacare Souza three times in a win. And he's just not afraid to put himself in harm's way to get those takedowns and make something happen. What I don't like about Jack Hermanson is his takedowns. He's coming off that loss to Sean Strickland. He went 0 for 8 on takedown attempts in that fight. And, you know, listen, the reality is, Chris Curtis, uh, we've broken him down three times already. I'm 1 and 2 in breaking him down. I got... I picked against him in both his first two UFC fights, and I picked him to win in his last fight, and that happened. Uh, Skill-wise, he is solid. He's got solid boxing, improving takedown offense, very good takedown defense, solid power in his hands, and he comes from short, clean punches, and it catches people off guard. He works solid leg kicks, and solid's the key word here because he's pretty good everywhere. He'll touch up the body as well. He takes his time with his shots, but it's always moving. He's always moving his body to stay out of the way of something big and avoid some of those takedowns. We have seen him struggle with pure wrestlers though, and we have seen him have some incredible success in the UFC against grapplers. He knocked out Brendan Allen, he knocked out Phil Hawes, and he just beat Rodolfo Vieira. He actually, this is his fourth fight in the UFC. He has only fought grapplers. He has not fought a single striker yet, which is pretty impressive. Anyway, I'm torn here. Jacob has been screaming from the mountaintops for two weeks now that you bet on Chris Curtis, bet on Chris Curtis. And I jumped on it with you. I was like, yeah, you're right. It was right after he beat Rodolfo Rivera. And I was like, you're right. He just beat Rodolfo Rivera. Of course he's going to beat Jack Hermanson. That's the same guy, except Rodolfo's an even better grappler. So I jumped on that bet. And I do have a little bit of buyer's remorse. I'm starting to regret it, and it looks like the market is too because now Chris Curtis is an underdog. When I think he opened as an underdog, shot to a huge favorite, and now he's back down to an underdog. Um, and what makes me nervous is, yes, Chris Curtis defended. How many takedowns did he defend? He defended all 
of Rodolfo Vieira's takedowns. He defended them well. He landed some solid strikes. He looked okay, but he also was losing some of those striking exchanges against Rodolfo Rivera. And you could argue that the saving grace for him in that fight was an eye poke. And meanwhile, Jack Hermanson, yes, he went 0 for 8 in takedowns against Sean Strickland, but he landed some strikes. He won a round. Freaking Sal Diamato, who we know is an incredible judge, gave Jack Hermanson that fight. So he's not necessarily clueless on his feet. Rodolfo Vieira was winning some of those striking exchanges. I am going to stick with Chris Curtis in this spot because, again, he did win a fight very similar to this. But there's a lot going against him. It's on another continent. It is short notice. He's coming off a three-round fight. It was not an early knockout. A three-round fight. There were eye pokes in that fight where the point deduction came from. So a lot stacked against Chris Curtis here. I'm going to stick with it because I already have the bet because Jacob bullied me into it. But I'm a little more nervous than I certainly was a week ago. What do you think, Jakey boy? Uh, I still feel great about it. You know, and, until somebody is able to – until a wrestler out-wrestles Chris Curtis, my money is still going to continue to be on Chris Curtis versus wrestlers. The difference is in this matchup, Jack is going to be the one wrestler – that is actually, you know he's going to stick to that game plan, right? Because Brendan Allen did not stick to the game plan. Phil Hall did not stick to the game plan. Rodolfo, you know, tried to stick to the game plan, but he will also strike. Jack is going to be all in on the takedowns, and and this is going to be the first, I guess, real wrestling test for Chris Curtis. Obviously, I, I mentioned Rodolfo before as well, but, you know, the, the first real, real relentless wrestling from Jack. But as you mentioned for Jack, if this looks anything, anything, like the Sean Strickland fight, he is in big, big, big trouble because pillow-fisted clown Sean Strickland um, was touching him up. But if Chris Curtis is going to touch you, it is going to be lights out. That dude has real, real power, and he will carry that through three rounds. So um, I'm Chris Curtis all the way. I'm going to continue to put money on him until someone proves that he can out-wrestle, they can out-wrestle him, and nobody has done it so far. Maybe Jack is that person, and if it was, I'll, I'll well, gladly eat my words. Well, people have done it so far, just not in the UFC. Right, yeah. It's just I'll gladly eat my words if, 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 if Jack is able to out-wrestle him, but Nobody's done it yet in the last few fights. So after this, you know, Chris Curtis, if he beats Jack, you got to give him like a top five guy. He's running through everybody at this point. You got to give him a top five guy, and we might see Chris Curtis fighting for a fucking title or something. Seems crazy, but the guy steps up, man. He raises his hand, and, and this is what the UFC loves, man. When people just step up, raise their hand, I'll fight anyone, and he beats them all. You, you got to love the action, man. Uh, I've, I've become a Chris Curtis fan. Not that I was not a fan, but I've definitely been been swayed for sure in his last few fights, stepping up. But that can catch up to you. Stepping up on short notice is not always a great thing, especially it's on the other side of the world. There's a big time-time difference. He's coming off a three-round fight that was kind of a war, and he was getting poked in the eye. I don't know if there was damage, no damage. So What's there's a lot Pedro? stacked against him. A lot stacked against him. Anyway, $8,000 to 8200 pick your side. It's that simple. That's basically a pick 'em in DraftKings. Very, very rarely will you see 81 81. I think we've seen it like three times. So pick your side. You think Chris Curtis comes in here, puts up solid numbers, defends the takedowns, lights up Jack, Jack Hermanson on his feet? Great. $8,200, solid price point. You think Jack gets those takedowns? We have seen Chris in the PFL get taken down and held down. We've seen it. And if you think Jack Hermanson's able to do that, I don't. His takedowns are not good enough, but. Then, then Jack Hermanson might be a solid pick there. 
And poor Jack Hermanson, not to get off topic. He was supposed to fight Darren Till, who can be taken down by my daughter. And Whoa! now he's fighting Chris, Chris oh, Curtis. I'm not, gonna, phenomenal nah, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna stand for the Darren Till slander. Okay, um, this actually kind of worked out for, for Jack as well because he was about to fight the best striker in UFC history yeah, and Darren exactly. Till, and now he's fighting, you know, the best boxer in UFC. So his game plan, honestly, his game plan shouldn't have really changed. I mean, the game plan is to take strikers down. So we'll see, but Darren Till, the best. The game plan the didn't change, but the 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 takedown. The opponent defense got a little, you know, a little worse. You know, the opponent Darren Till obviously. Listen, you, you know, love top Darren Till, but UFC. let's acknowledge Chris Curtis has better takedown defense than Darren Till does. Uh, no, uh, Darren right, Till. You want to blow the guy's no. striking? Great, but to pretend he's a good right, fuck off. No, I mean he anyway. had a torn ACL against Brunson. Okay, I, mean, I know. I mean, just nobody, nobody. He had a torn ACL versus okay. Derek Brunson. Darren Till will be the world champion. Very good. Congratulations. He's um, gonna beat Chimaev for the title. His boy. Monkey knife fight strike line eighty-eight to seventy-two. It may be a more and more. Jack Hermanson put up some real numbers in that strong Strickland fight because he could not get the takedowns. This might be literally exactly that. Can't get the takedowns. Ends up striking. He's a busy striker, ends up being more and more because they're just slugging it out. What do you think? One of the good things that Jack did against Sean, which didn't really affect Sean because he does, he's not like a, a real movement type guy. And Chris Curtis really isn't a movement guy type either. Did I just, I don't know if I just fucked up that sentence, but you, you um, he was not. attacking, he, he was attacking Sean's front leg. And I think that's, if, if you can't get the takedowns, that could be a real path to victory for, for Jack to really slow down and, and that power of, Chris Curtis with that boxing style heavy on that front leg. So um, as far as the monkey knife fight, it probably is a more and more situation. Yeah, I do. Th I, I, I think that is as well. So we on picks.com slash MKF. They will instantly match your deposit. It's daily fantasy. It's fun. It's easy. It's an app on your phone. It's a website. All you need to do is say more or less in the strike line. They'll match your deposit. So take the free deposit match. Play some of these lines. I like the more and more here. If you want 50 free bucks, we want picks.com slash bets. Sign up with any one of our betting partners. Make a deposit. We send you 50 bucks. Cash app, PayPal, Venmo. We just send you $50 literally as a thank you for supporting us and our partners. All right, let's do this. Next up at UFC London, we have the main event of the evening. We have Curtis Blades taking on Tom Aspinall. Curtis Blades is 16-3 and three overall. He's 4-1 and one in his last five, coming off the knockout win over Chris Dawkins. Tom Aspinall, 12 and 2 overall, 5 and 0 in his last five, and he has not lost since 2016. Curtis Blades is a fantastic wrestler who averages more than six takedowns per fight. He's a heavyweight who wrestles like a welterweight, fast, clean entries to double legs, and when he touches the legs, he sprints. Jordan Burroughs style runs right through them. Heavyweight wrestlers like DC are usually looking for trips and throws. And heavyweights train against trips and throws. They're not training full-blown sprawls. They're not training for fast doubles right up the middle. And that's why um, Curtis Blades has so much success. But Curtis drops his level, hits the hips, takes nice, clean shots. But wait, there's more. Curtis Blades can also strike. We saw in his fight against Chris Dawkins. He doubled Chris's strikes in the first round and then knocked him out clean in the second round with zero takedown attempts. Zero. Tom Aspinall is a very good striker who had famously spent time training with Tyson Fury. He's a BJJ black belt as well. And for a heavyweight, he has excellent hand speed, good defense, and a diverse attack style 
where he mixes in kicks really well. He's not just a striker. He has a 100% takedown accuracy, 100% takedown defense, and he just took down Alexander Volkov twice before submitting him. But wait, there's more. He has a 100% finish rate, which compared to Chris Curtis's is very, very solid. Curtis Blades, damn it. And I'm not the only person that's been saying Chris Curtis instead of Curtis Blades this whole time. Anyway, Tom Aspinall has made it clear that he is a top heavyweight in the UFC. The Volkov win was spectacular. And that was a great win over a ranked opponent. Before that, he had a submission win over Andrei Olovsky, which was also very impressive. But if we're going to be honest with ourselves, we can recognize that while those are great wins, they're over aging vets and you know they're on their, the downside of their career. A win over Curtis Blades would be insanely impressive and a win over a true contender in his prime. That's not an easy task. Blades showcases boxing in his last fight. He is still a grappler, and like many other striker versus grappler matchups, this entire fight is going to come down to the striker's defense. So far, Aspinall has a 100% takedown defense, but he only defended two takedowns, and those were against Sergei Spivak. Curtis Blades has next-level wrestling, and I think that's the difference here. He took Volkov down 14 times, Shamil down seven, Overeem down four times, Mark Harden down 10 times, Alexia Linick four times. And that's a mixed bag of very good grapplers and strikers. I like Blades to have some success on his feet, but ultimately get the takedowns and win. I got a money line bet on Blades. He's the underdog. I love him in this fight. And everybody's like, oh, Tom Aspinall's a BJJ black belt. He's been training BJJ since he was 12. Do you think he's a better BJJ guy than freaking... Um, who's that old... Awesome dude with the grappling. Olenek. Olenek. No, he definitely is not. And Curtis Blades had no problem with that at all. So, anyway, go ahead, Jacob. Spew your nonsense. I like Curtis Blades. Uh, I will agree with you as far as I, I'm, I'm on the Tom Aspinall side. You know, I'll, I'll press this for that. But let me just say that everyone that is talking about Tom Aspinall's black belt is just absolutely clueless. Because I agree. If he if if jujitsu comes into play at all for Tom Aspinall, he is in big, big trouble. If he's in his guard at all, he is in big trouble. He can use that stuff for sweeps. Like right when you're starting to get takedown, you, you do some jujitsu sweeps, some scrambles, you know, your overhooks, this and that. Get back to your feet because every second that Curtis Blade is on the feet versus Tom Aspinall, he is in trouble. You mentioned that the Chris Dawkins fight, obviously he won the striking in that last fight. He, he found the knockout. But if you watch early in that fight, Chris Dawkins very quickly was able to find the target of Curtis Blades in the boxing. And Tom Aspinall is a much, much better boxer than Chris Dawkins. If he's able to find success early, it's going to be big trouble for Chris or Curtis Blades. Um, and he's going to be diving at legs very, very quickly. Some outside shots because Tom Aswell is a big, big boxer. It actually looked like he. there was a video the USC posted, and I sent it to you. It looks like Tom Aswell, to me, has put on some weight. And I don't mean weight as in, like, fat weight. It looks like that boy is getting thick and strong, which I think is only going to help in those grappling exchanges, especially defending the takedowns. I don't want to hear about the black belt. I don't want him on his back at all trying to do wild shit on the, on, on the ground. Curtis Blades is way too dominant in his wrestling to make that matter. If, if Curtis Blades get the takedown, he, he's in big, big trouble. I just don't think that Curtis Blades has fought the level of athlete that Tom Aspinall is and the level of footwork that Tom, that Tom Aspinall is going to 
present in front of him with his in and out boxing style. I think that Curtis Blades uh, for a few times is going to be diving at air uh, with the, you know, now you see me, now you don't type striking from Tom Aswan. He's going to be in, he's going to be out, and the, and the, and the takedowns are not going to be there. So obviously, there's a very clear path to victory for Curtis Blades. I'm not going to argue with you that Curtis Blades cannot win this fight. Anyone that says like, oh, there's no way, you're an idiot. Curtis Blades can clearly win this fight. I mean, he, he's done it time and time and time again. Just take people down over and over and over. I just think that the footwork, the striking, and the athleticism of Tom Aspinall can keep him out of those takedown attempts. And the striking is going to be way, way too much. And, and we've seen it time and time again before, again, with wrestlers. They find that overhand right. They start knocking people out, and all of a sudden they start thinking they can knock everyone out. I, I don't think Curtis Blades is that guy. He's talked about it in past interviews. I don't care if I'm boring. People think I'm boring. I don't give a shit. I, I want to be, he's actually said before, I want to be more boring when people complain that I am boring because he just wants to spite people that much. I love Curtis Blades. He's a great person. If he wins, I'm not going to be surprised, but my pick is going to be Tom Aspinall with the footwork, the striking, and the ability to get back to his feet if he is taken down. So, I'm Tom Aspinall. Listen, I, I'm not gonna. You and I fought in text message over this, but you were being like a complete prick in the text messages. You're well, I just, yeah, because I said he's never really fought. He's fought like only, like, he, he, when I look at the list he's fought, it's like there's no athletes in there. There's no, there's not a single Chris Dawkins, no Rosenstrike, no Derek Lewis, no Volkov, no Junior Dos Santos, no Shamil, no Justin Wills, no Francis, no. I mean, those are big, heavy Francis, footed. No. They're, they're yeah, all, I mean, Francis, is not, and Francis now strikers. is an athlete. No, Francis, no, that's what I'm saying. They're heavy-footed strikers. They're looking for one-punch knockout. So they're flat-footed. They're sitting on punches. They're waiting for him to come in. And obviously, Francis knocked him out with it. Derek Lewis knocked him out with it. But Tom Aspinall is not one of those guys just sitting and waiting with his hand cocked out. He's moving. He's bouncing. He's here. He's in. He's out. He's here. He's gone. Blades is going to be shooting at air. Well, we're going to find out what we're going to find out, which will be the most interesting thing. We broke down a fight very early in the card against Muhammad Mikhaev. And I said his opponent is not afraid to get taken down. He's going to throw what he's going to throw and he doesn't care. We're going to find out if Tom Aspinall is worried about being taken down or not. We may see a Tom Aspinall who is gun shy, who has been training takedown defense this whole camp, which would be a massive mistake. Don't train your, you know, train. Obviously, you should always be training wrestling and take down the all that bullshit. But what he should be training in this camp is, like you said, footwork, touch, go, touch, go, stay out of the range. Don't he's, he's you're not going to learn yeah. how to defend a Curtis Blades takedown. What you the best you can do is be as far offense. away as possible. Or as, offense. Use as, offense. Use offense as defense. You, you hear DC talk about all the time against wrestlers. You got to show them stuff up the middle, and I think Tom's going to be ready. You got to show them uppercuts, front kicks, something to where when they're moving in, and we saw Curtis Blades, he might have those Derek Lewis flashbacks. When he was moving in, you see those uppercuts waiting. You know, you got to show those wrestlers that stuff to make him hesitate. Use your offense. I agree. If he's worried just... Waiting and waiting and waiting, he's probably going to get taken down and, and lose the fight. So I, I 100% agree with you. Yeah, and listen, I'm not trying to be whatever, but there, there's not, there's no British wrestlers that are going to give Tom the look that Curtis Blades is going to give him in the cage. There just isn't. There, you know, different, different countries excel at different skills, and country versus country, American wrestling is just better. It just is. So he's not going to get those same looks unless he's flying partners in from different parts of the world, bringing in a Russian, bring, you know, bringing in different people. But again, even if he's bringing in heavyweight wrestlers, are they shooting takedowns? 
like Curtis Blades, or are they looking to tie you up and trip and work from there? So I think Curtis Blades wins. You think Tom Aspinall wins. And my pick is not a knock against Tom Aspinall. Tom Aspinall is fantastic. I picked him to dominate his last fight. I bet him early because I thought that line was disrespectful to him. So I, I love Tom Aspinall. I think he's very, very good. But styles make fights, and I just think the an annoyingly relentless takedown attempts from Curtis Blades are the difference. And you want to bet this fight, right? Me and you. Yeah, you, you and I are our, betting. We do our weekly bet. We usually bet a, bet this. Or is it, it's we determined one hundred and seventy-five. Yeah, hundred if Blade wins and seventy-five if uh, Aspinall wins. And I'm the same way. I have I, I love Curtis Blades as a person, as a fighter. Um, but I just think that this is an athlete, man. Tom Tommy Tommy A is special. He's one of those special special dudes, man. Yeah, we'll find. I hope he is. We'll find out, um, guys. That's the breakdown. So thank you so much for the watch. Go to wewantpicks.com. We have so many things. Subscribe. You hear me plug it. Subscribe. You hear me plug it all constantly. But wewantpicks.com slash bets. You get 50 free bucks signing up, making a deposit with any one of our partners. Wewantpicks.com slash MKF. Daily fantasy. Prize picks. Daily fantasy. But we have released premium membership. It's only $10 a month. We, we do this every single week. That's $2.50 per week. And what that is getting you is full fantasy breakdowns. We break down every single fighter in every single price category and rank them for you. So when you're building your lineup and you, oh man, I only have 8,200 bucks. Who should I get? Well, those are ranked for you. The ownership, if you're a tournament fantasy player, our picks for prize picks, our picks for monkey knife fights, a safety betting parlay, which is only in premium. All of the raw notes that we talk about during these breakdowns. All of our picks, everything is right there for you. Wewantpicks.com. Scroll to the top, click become a member. You guys keep asking about my damn truck. Tell you what, <laughs> we hit enough. We hit enough members. I'll put a picture of my truck on we'll get behind the, we the paywall wrap on the truck. We'll get the. We I, I will wrap put that the behind the paywall. You want a picture of the truck? We'll do that, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out. We're growing every single week. We appreciate the love. Thank you all. We'll see you the rest of this week for all of our normal content. See ya.